Hi. Hello. Hey. Hello, everybody, and welcome. And welcome. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of the Last Ones In Podcast. I am Dry Archley, joined today by Robbie. A. And E. Hello. And this week, Robbie is presenting the movie. It is going to be to the Gladiator movie that came out in the year 2000. Yes. Ridley Scott's Gladiator from the year 2000. Uh, I think the reason he got... You got it a little bit mixed up at first. Yeah. The reason why is because I got the Blu-ray of it, and the Blu-ray has the extended version, and the extended version came out in 2005. So, I guess this is a question, and one that I'm curious about. Which okay. one are we going to watch? Uh, whichever one you guys want to watch. Like, at the beginning of this, like I guess first fun fact is whenever you start up the Blu-ray, and you're watching the extended version, uh, Ridley Scott comes to the front and says, like, hey, this isn't really a director's cut. This is just an extended version of it. Technically, the director's cut is what you saw in theaters. This is just me adding some scenes that I felt were good enough to be like in the movie, but I uh, took out for time reasons. Ridley not- Scott personally comes to you and says, hey, don't watch this version. I'm not passionate about it. <laughs> kind of, yeah, but he's like, it's one of those, like, it, uh, the way that he puts it is like, uh, like, the original cut is the director's cut. This is just the extended cut of stuff that got left on the cutting room floor. So stuff that the director cut out. So this is the, like, the extended cut is not the director's cut, but is the director's cut. This is a Schneider cut. Yeah, but the <laughs> kind of Ripley cut, I guess. <laughs> the Ripley cut. Okay. Well, I'll uh, I'll leave that up to you whenever we do it, Robbie. Yeah. Well, I figured I'd ask you guys about it because I don't know what's the time difference. The time difference is like a, a thirty minute difference because the lot. original theatrical version is one hundred and fifty five minutes, so just above two and a half hours, and the extended edition is one hundred and seventy one minutes, so it's almost three hours. Okay. Okay. Um. Have you seen the difference between them? Do you know? I, I I did watch. I watched the extended version last night along with like the commentary talking about like what was added and what wasn't and like why it was cut from the original film and everything. Do Every you... time it was it was kind of boring, so we cut it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's more of just like oh, it just kind of didn't fit in the theme of like what was going on with the or with the film. Do you think it's worth it? Kind of. It's not passionate, Robbie. <laughs> about as passionate as Ridley Scott. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> about yeah, about as passionate as he was about the extended version to begin with. <laughs> um, let's just go the regular, let's okay. go theatrical, the easy to watch theatrical version that everyone can find. Okay, let's go with that. Yeah, that's fine. Which, speaking of the one that everyone can find, if you want to watch this movie with us, uh, it is available in the usual suspects with YouTube, Google Play, Voodoo, and Amazon Prime for two ninety nine. Or if you have Pluto TV, you can watch it on there for free. <laughs> fucking Pluto. Pluto's so fucking weird. Yeah. Well, it's because, you know, NBC. Is yeah. it owned by NBC? I think so. This movie was done by Universal and DreamWorks. Oh, so I don't think any human being actually owns Pluto. <laughs> I think it's just like, it's like the internet. It just sort of exists yeah, now. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, that's where you'd want to watch those movies. And like I said, it's, uh, for this one, we have the difference between the two and a half hour long cut or the almost three hour long cut. The funny thing about this is I was thinking about bringing Braveheart instead, and Braveheart, by itself, non-extended, is still longer than the extended version of this movie. I've heard, I've, again, Braveheart's another movie that I haven't seen that a lot of people yell at me about, but... Yeah. Um, <laughs> another Academy Award winner. Another Academy Award winner, which yeah. is timely for us recording this right now, because we're... Uh, the Academy Awards are about to we're happen. We're mm-hmm. So tomorrow, as of this recording, which will be live streaming as well. Look in the background for us. Me saying we're going to live stream it tomorrow doesn't do anything because we'll have no. already live streamed it. We're going right. to live stream it six days ago. Yeah. SpongeBob <laughs> boys. Six days earlier. Um, okay. But yeah, uh, we can 
totally fine with watching just the regular version. Like, you're not missing a whole bunch. We can talk later about, like, things that were added for the extended cut if you want to talk about that. Before we go any further, I guess I should ask, Drea, one who almost never goes first, how's your <laughs> week been? Um, It's been decent. Sam was here all the way up until Thursday morning, so we hung out, watched a lot of things. I didn't do a lot of things for, like, personal time. I did a lot of stuff for the Twitch show, uh, which, I, like I said, will be happening as of tomorrow as of this recording, but when this episode actually comes out, it'll have happened four days ago. Um, <laughs> uh, Time's just a construct. Yeah, go find that vlog on our YouTube and our Twitch and whatnot. Um, so I have been catching up on all of the films that were nominated for Film of the Year for the Oscars, because I turns out I had only seen one of them uh, in preparation for all of this, and I was like, I feel like I should be educated instead of just being like, didn't see it, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Uh, so That's yeah, what I'm gonna do. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna be here. He will be producing it. Um, so we've been watching all of them, and I think out of all of them, there are only three that I liked and two that make sense that they were nominated. In my opinion, okay. Um, Sounds like the Oscars. One makes sense that it was nominated because it's Hollywood, uh, licorice pizza, and it's just full of pedophilia, and it's like glorified. Movie sucks. It's yeah. fucking creepy as hell. I was gonna make a dumb joke, but ew. <laughs> yeah, ew. Uh, fifteen-year-old male dating a twenty-five-year-old woman. Oh, ew. The it opens with them literally meeting at school. It and it's like played up for fun. I don't know. We'll talk. We're gonna talk way more about that uh, later. But like that, <laughs> I did not like. You have that issues movie. with that movie. I, yeah, even things that like in another movie. If the, if he was like twenty, this movie would have been magical. But just the fact that, like, it plays it off as it's supposed to be this magical thing, and she's clearly a fucking creep. Uh, yeah. It's no, no bueno. That's fair. But yeah, that's that's all my week has been full of. And showing Sam uh, Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. She never oh. watched those, so. I, I still need to fucking watch Peacemaker. Oh, so good. So good! <laughs> uh, but yeah, so just just a lot of Oscars catch-up for me. Right. Yeah. Uh, E. Hello. How about you? Uh, yesterday I had the pleasure of driving... Two and a half hours to my work to grab some stuff. Oh, oh right, <laughs> yeah. And uh, two and a half hours to get there, and I had to drive back the same day. Oh, so, so you were <laughs> driving all day yesterday? Yeah, basically, I drove two and a half hours, was there for three hours, and then drove all the way back. Cool. Yeah. So an all day trip for a USB drive? <laughs> no, it was like <laughs> getting VR stuff and oh, okay stuff. Is it like actual VR stuff, or is it like it's a they clearly VR. duct tape this together? No, like it's a company provided the VR oh, headset okay. and yada yada. But, nice. Uh, that was very tiring. I I have never had to drive that long before. It's a lot of driving. I definitely can do it, but God, that fucking sucked. I have only yeah, that's fair. I've only had to drive that long once, and that was a couple years ago when Liz and I went to. Not North Carolina, but Georgia and Kentucky and all that area. I don't think it's anyway. <laughs> yeah, you know Georgia, Kentucky, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alaska, somewhere around that. Mumbai. Anyway, we went to the other side of the country for us, <laughs> um, and so we drove all of that, and uh, that's the most I've driven, and that sucked. Uh, I think it was like ten hours a day we were driving. It was awful. It was just the worst. Yeah, I did. I did find a chicken place called. Music City Hot Chicken. Ooh, <laughs> that sounds great. Was it hot? Yeah, you can get. I I got Nashville hot, and that was mm. like an American jalapeno kind of spice. Nashville hot okay. is a good flavor, though. Maybe it's a, it's fun. 
It was like all right chicken, but they actually had really good fries and dipping sauce. There you go. So from what I'm hearing, totally worth it. <laughs> it was pretty good, yeah. <laughs> oh. Was was that the place that Grubhub screwed us over with? No. No, okay. that's that's where I drove to. I would be Okay. I don't know why you would ask Grubhub to get you food from there. Listen, if I want hot chicken. <laughs> well no, because like we got where I can get it. I I can't remember the actual place or the name of the actual place, but like one time Dry got uh, ordered Grubhub and it was from this chicken place he really wanted me to try. And we ordered like forty dollars worth of food between the two of us after delivery fees. Mm-hmm. And we were supposed to get like, you know, our food and sides and like I think like a side that both of us were gonna share mm-hmm. with it and drinks. And all we got was a chicken. Yep. Forty dollars for like three chicken sandwiches. It sucked ass. It turns out, and I have learned about this since then. Uh, during the pandemic, many restaurants would create smaller restaurants within their restaurant and change the name so they would technically be running multiple businesses from outside of their restaurant. The chicken place that we ordered from, which was Nashville Hot Chicken, uh, is what it was called. Yeah. Turns out it was inside of a Joe's Crab Shack. Oh. <laughs> So, Joe's Crab Shack is the one that fucked us. Uh, and I've learned that that was just a practice that they've taken up since then. Since God the damn it, Joe! <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I can't even... If something looks like a new restaurant, it's probably not on Grubhub. Okay. Just letting, you, letting the world know. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was my week, really. I didn't do much else. Nice. Cool. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, for the first time in a while, I just didn't work overtime this week mostly because like i moved like maybe two months ago yeah and i still hadn't like done my change of address with everything and so i was just like i need to just take a day to get all that stuff done which so i took yesterday to get my address changed with uh the dmv and with the post office and um get some mailing stuff done and try to just get some errands ran around the house and everything and also had like a moment because like I got my tax returns and I told myself like I was going to get myself something nice with it. And I thought about getting like a 3D printer because like I work as a machinist. So 3D printing should like come as a natural to me because it's what I do for a living. Sure. And then like I found out which one I wanted to get. And I even thought of like where I was going to put it in my tiny ass little apartment to like fit a 3D (laughs) printer. But I like before I actually like drove down to the micro center that's near us to actually like buy the damn thing. I had to, like, have a conversation with myself of just, like, you work all the time, like, and you want to try to pick up another hobby. What are the chances you're going to spend $500 on this machine and then never use it? Like, how much time are you actually going to put to making pieces and to um getting a, how was it? Getting a fucking. Plastic. Well, not even the plastic, because, like, well, yeah, I also have to drive all the way up to Denver to get the plastic for it, too. <laughs> uh, that or just, like, order it off Amazon like everybody else, but. Uh, do that or like um like learn the coding software for it and everything because like um you know you have to l- why can't i think of the name of the fucking coding program that they use for it java no not java css it's- c sharp python adobe <laughs> flash <laughs> <laughs> i gotta look it up now <laughs> cs go i ran out of coding things minecraft now. <laughs> <laughs> <Just> <laughs> games now <laughs> a scratch uh is that a thing it's like a web-based thing for like little kids to make games on. Blender. <laughs> Stop just naming technical things I know now. <laughs> I, I'm trying to find the fucking CAD. Oh yeah, it's AutoCAD. Never even heard of it. Yeah, AutoCAD is like what they use for machining for like uh, making stuff in there. But like 
because like the place that I work at, they have the engineering, do all the CAD working. I haven't done CAD work in years, but like I know how to do it, but it's been a while since I've done CAD work. Yeah. But like a lot of different like 3D printers have like their own specialized CAD program that you're supposed to use. So I had to like learn a new CAD program and like make something on there and then like try to make it in 3D printing and like learn how to run that and then just have that running in my house all the time, blah, blah, blah. And like it, it's a lot of work to like put towards that one hobby. And there's other hobbies that I have that I don't put effort towards now. So I had to have like that conversation of like, maybe you shouldn't buy this right now. So instead, I bought a Nintendo Switch. (laughs) That falls within your current hobbies. Yeah, it does. Because like (laughs) one of the things that I kept on saying is like, if they make another No More Heroes for Switch, I'll buy a Switch. And they made a No More Heroes 3. So I bought a Switch and that's the first game I bought was No More Heroes 3. There you go. Now you can play Breath of the Wild and... That was the second game that I bought. Throw it away. (laughs) Mario. Mario Mario Odyssey is pretty good, actually. Uh, you can play the Pikmin remake, which fixes a lot of the issues with Pikmin 3. Pikmin, Pikmin's fucking good, too, actually. Actually, I was never able to get into Pikmin, just because I was like, whenever it was like still new, I just was a kid and didn't have money for it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I have only played Pikmin 3, which I have been told many times is the worst Pikmin. But no, it's good. It's good Pikmin. It's, they're not saying it's a bad Pikmin. They're just saying out of the three Pikmin games, it's not the worst Pikmin because Hey no. Pikmin exists. Also, I think Pikmin but. One is like looked on with like a lot of nostalgia. Maybe I think Pikmin Two is easily the best Pikmin. Yeah, Pikmin One is the worst because it's like growing pains. It's the first yeah. thing, you know. I think Pikmin Three is right there in the middle of Pikmin. Yeah, a lot of the stuff with that a lot of people tell me is like Pikmin Three kind of loses some of the charm since you're not like exploring and finding like the weird like actual objects that exist. Yeah, and in Pikmin true. Three, it's just food. Yeah, that's fair, actually. Well, like, it, it's a fun game, but regardless. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I've seen footage of Pikmin, and it seems really fun to play that game. I just never had a chance to actually play it, because the time that, like, I first learned about it is, I think, whenever they still had, you know, rental places, and, like, our yeah. town's rental place um, had it, and Dry's family had gotten it, and, like, and I watched... never gave it back. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, that game was a lot like Star Fox 64. It's a game that I always wanted to play, but someone else was always playing it at your house, and I would ask, like, hey, can I play it? And she'd be like, nope. And, like, okay. And so I just watched them play it. <laughs> oh, well, to be right. fair, Pikmin's, like, a hard game to just, like, yeah, here's the controller. Because then they're like, what's this? What, how do I do this? How do I do this? Like, And then you just failed an entire Pikmin run yeah. for him. <laughs> like, there's, like, 15 minutes of tutorial in Pikmin, honestly. Yeah, and then, like, if you fuck up, you could kind of just lose the entire yeah. game, actually, yeah. if you mess one day And up. I think that's what it mostly was, is because, like, it was like, oh, whenever you're done playing, can I play? It was, like, what I tried doing, and they're just like, well, I don't want you accidentally uh, deleting my saved game. Like, I'm not going to delete your saved game. It's like, yeah, but I don't want to risk it, so no. It's really easy to delete a save in that, because, like, if you just go to a wrong day and start it, all the days after that are gone. It's true. Hey, to say, <laughs> Pikmin 3 is neat. Yeah, it's time to pick up Pikmin, Robbie. Yeah. Dry, dry likes to act like there's two Switch games. There's at least, like, five. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great indie machine. Yeah. Fair. Which is perfect also- thing to play Hades on, quite frankly. Hmm, I could see that. My, uh, <laughs> what, I was, I was literally paying for Game Pass just to play Hades until a couple of other things came out that piqued my interest. Uh, Hades is good. I, this is not the place for it. I might cut this out. To, just go ahead. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You're the editor. You can cut out whatever you want to cut out. I finally beat a run in Hades. Nice. Two, twice in a row. Woo. One with the gun, which is, I, I would argue is the worst fucking thing in the game. is <laughs> my first run I beat it with, and then the second was with the bow. So the things that I just wouldn't have thought that I was going to do it with. That's the cool thing about Hades. It, it was like, hey, 
you should you should try something new. Yeah, and I did, and it worked, and the game's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love 80s. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, you're paying <laughs> paying fifteen dollars a month for a game that costs twenty bucks. Yeah, <laughs> cool. <laughs> but yeah, uh, other than that, I think the only other thing worth of note is like this week at work was weird, mostly because like uh, the had machine me- exploded. More or less. <laughs> uh, one of them was like still broken down. The one that like started. Um, I think I already told you guys this before, but like the one that was spewing coolant everywhere. Start spewing coolant again everywhere, so they're fixing that one again. And uh, so they had me running the other one, and then like the other one was messing up because we were running these longer parts, and longer parts are harder to keep in tolerance. And so I had to like, they just started spewing re- hate crimes everywhere. <laughs> There's stop being tolerant. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, so I had to like take out like all the bearings out of it, and like had to replace a whole bunch of things in the machine just to get it up and running because like. I actually had a drill, like, stop in the middle of a part and, like, just twist itself apart, basically. Because, <laughs> like, I sat down, da- like, I just got done, like, checking some parts, and I sat down for half a second, and then I heard the machine go, Kirk! like that, and then I saw when the machines, or one of the drills start to bend, and whenever I took it out, like, basically the tip of the drill had had stopped and it was twisting inside of the part. Cool! Like, Ravi, you work at a Monty Python sketch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some days, yes. <clears throat> But yeah, I was super frustrated with that machine. Like, I spent basically two and a half days, like, changing out drills and changing out bearings and changing out, like, all these, like, different parts for the machine, like, trying to get it up and running correctly. And finally, on Wednesday, I got it up and running correctly, and I come in on Thursday, and they tell me that they're training a new guy in the machine, and he broke it. I was so pissed. (laughs) You're like, fire him immediately. (laughs) I mean, that, like... (laughs) I didn't say that, but they still might. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I guess... How are you, like, not paid way more than you are? Clearly, everyone doesn't know how to actually use these so machines. So the, th- the reason that I work the weird hours that I work is because they're like, oh, we need someone on night shift that knows what he's doing, so we're going to keep you here. Like, that's why... I, that's the only reason I still work the fucking shift that I work. Well, if you just Good. leave, they can't do anything. <laughs> they, they'd be like, Robbie, please come back, and you're like, 27 more I dollars. Mean- <laughs> A day. <laughs> they'd be like yeah that's pretty yeah, okay i'll buy you lunch whatever <laughs> but like besides that like i still actually like like working with the people there and most of the jobs there aren't that bad because like thursday they just had me working on a different project because of that but they also had me going back and forth between the nail line because they needed help with like getting some other stuff done and so i got i for the first time ever I actually got legitimately yelled at by my supervisor to hurry up because like uh, because I was like running back and forth between two different processes for a little while there, I just like had a pile up of parts I had to deburr and like get out of the way and everything. So I clocked out ten minutes late, and he was super pissed about that because he was what? just like, "It's Thursday, I want to go home." Oh, okay. <laughs> you should have told him to fucking deburr all the burrs then. Yeah, go warm those fucking things up, dick. <laughs> but yeah, that was pretty much my week: is okay. buying a switch and trying to fix a machine that someone else inevitably broke. Nice, nice. Okay. Well, I guess let's get on to the thing that we're here for. Yeah. yeah. So I guess the first thing is like... Dinner. What? <laughs> yes, definitely dinner. Um, first thing that honestly surprised me, because I could have swore that Dry had seen this movie, but apparently like I'm the only one who's actually seen this movie. I which... did walk into your family watching it dozens of times. Yeah. But just, that's it. But only it just saw like on little 24-7 at Robbie's I house. I feel like I've seen the same 45 seconds a hundred times at your house. <laughs> that's possible. <laughs> but yeah because it's honestly it's a really good movie like 
that's only like the only thing I can really say about it. But one, it also won a bunch of Academy Awards. So it did that shows that it's a good movie. That and uh, I looked it Does up last it? night just to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, also like it's considered to be one of the top grossing uh, R-rated movies of all time. Yeah. It's on the top 100 list. <laughs> I've seen what wins Academy Awards. We're gonna be talking about that tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think Bell is nominated for an Academy Award, and I went off about how insane that movie is. Yeah. But yeah, I guess uh first thing I should probably ask you guys is uh I'll go with E. Hello. What do you think this movie's about? I think it's probably in the cusps of the holy war. Romans versus Nomans. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> uh it follows <laughs> That's Romeo and Juliet three. <laughs> three? Yeah, because you know there's I, I meant to say Nomeo. There's Nomeo and Juliet, <laughs> yeah. Nomeo... Sherlock Gnomes. Sherlock Gnomes, and you know. <laughs> Romans versus Nomans. Yeah, Romeo versus Nomans. Romans? Nomans? <laughs> Get for, it? For half a second, I thought you were going to say something really dumb, like Romeo and Juliet 3, this time it's personal. <laughs> no, I said other dumb stuff, don't worry. <laughs> um, yeah, Custo Holy War, uh, Mr. Gladiator himself uh, is, is the main protag. And he's like, "Arah, we need to bring Catholicism to the entire world." And the uh, the other people are like, "I don't, I don't particularly appreciate that, <laughs> kind sir. <laughs> I'd rather not." And he's like, "Oh yeah, taste the holy blade," and he stabs people, and uh, they take over seventeen countries for the Roman Empire. And then God smites everyone. Uh, I'd watch that movie. I actually <laughs> would watch that movie too. It's like at the end, she's just like, we did it for you, Lord. And then a meteor comes down like, you fucked up. Original ending of Red State. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so at some point, the gladiator also kicks uh, someone down a Sarlacc pit, I think. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so, Drya, what do you think this movie's about? I'm going to go with a different angle. Than the war. It's Gladiator. Okay. Gladiators in their day were considered to be almost movie stars, but also many gladiators are put into it against their will as like a prison sentence. So I'm guessing he's put in there as a prisoner. You maybe don't know what it's for at the beginning. You're kind of thrown into it, maybe. Um, it's prisoner 34198 or whatever. Yeah, 34198. He's there <laughs> to find somebody. Uh, and. He's, like, really good at it, and nobody really knows why, but he keeps surviving, and he, like, gets this level of fame, and he's able to start this underground movement that kind of gets rid of the powers above, and at the end of it, it's maybe left on a cliffhanger of whether or not he's murdered or not, because everyone's maybe revolting. It's totally a different movie you're talking about, but Dry is actually the closest. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) Damn, not the Holy War. (laughs) No, but that would... Be interesting though. Yeah, yeah, I'd watch that movie. <laughs> all right, write that down with all the other movies I've come up with in the in my guesses. Yeah. Well, I guess with those guesses, I'll read the back of the box, which I actually had to peel off a sticker to read all the back of the box. So now you should have just left the sticker and just been like, "Well, uh, I wouldn't be able to read all." Fourteen ninety nine in. Yeah. Like the stunning historical epic for fourteen ninety nine. But no, because I took it off to get the rest of the box back, get to the back of the box like. Oh, that's awfully sticky. Yeah, there's just like a sticky part of the case now that I have to deal with. I mean, at that. least that's one of the things you can remove. Fucking every time I buy like anime and stuff, they have those fancy like paper covers. 
Oh, and they'll just yeah. fucking stick a sticker on it. Right, and, and you like, t- if you take the sticker off, it just ruins the cover. Yeah, it's yeah. So it's fucking stupid. Anyway, sorry, I had a rant about yet. that. <laughs> You're fine. I mean, I was actually like using um, uh, like one of those dis- uh, one of those like Lysol wipe rags, mm-hmm. like try to get off the stickiness mm-hmm. of it, and it just wasn't working. Yeah, try night. like Gooby gone, Googan. Sure, I'll try Googan gone. Mm-hmm. Next time, gone, <laughs> gone, gone. <laughs> sure, Googan with the wind. Back of the box. <laughs> Featuring both the theatrical and extended versions in this perfect picture and sound, Gladiator now sparkles like never before. The stunning historical epic follows Maximus Smyrdas, the brave general who was forced into slavery, emerges as a gladiator, and defies an empire. Oh, the rest, oh. The rest of it is just talking about like the people who are in it. Oh, okay. That sounded like what Jariah said. Kind of. More or less, but like different stuff happens. Like, what Dry basically described as the movie Spartacus. Oh. Mm, yeah, like... this is Maximus. Yeah, <laughs> Maximus Spartacus. <laughs> this is the sequel. <laughs> Actually, he's working on Gladiator 2 right now. Is he? He really is. He's Why is there a Gladiator on... 2? I don't know. Maybe I... we'll find out. There's like It's been 22 years. I, I, I've seen this movie a lot of times, and I'm questioning why there's a Gladiator 2. <laughs> he's I'll just say it. that much. I don't want to ruin anything for you I'm banning guys. all sequels from now on from Hollywood. They're no longer allowed to make any sequels. But I want another Gremlins. Too bad. <laughs> you get the Gremlins. <laughs> Completely new IP. <laughs> but yeah, the rest of it is just like winner of five Academy Awards, including Best Picture, yeah. Best Actor. Featuring like... Johnny Depp. No, <laughs> Russell Crowe. <laughs> yeah, not too far off, I guess. <laughs> okay. But yeah. Um... Also, uh, the theatrical version of this is rated R for intense graphic combat. For Mortal Kombat. That's it. So just a ton of gore. Yep. Just cool. a ton of violence and gore. I'm good with then that. And like uppercut someone and 17 and a half ribs fall out of them. That'd be so amazing. They uh, need that for the next Mortal Kombat. Yeah, wait, you've seen the Mortal Kombat movies. Do they ever do something silly like that? There is actually a bunch of fun, silly game stuff in there. Uh, there's the ooh part in it. Yeah. Uh, there's the thing where Most one guy just constantly trips at his other person. He's like, you have to do another move. <laughs> uh, like, that's literally in the movie. It's hilarious. Yeah. There's that. Uh, I think when it comes to, like, over-the-top gore, there's a scene wherever, like, um, it's not Raiden. Uh, the guy with the hat that has a blade on it uh, basically turns into a buzzsaw yeah. and then Kung rides Lao, somebody. I think. I think so. I think so. I think that's yeah. correct. But yeah, Kung Lao, like, Basically gets his hat to, like, spin, like, a saw blade and then, like, ride somebody, like, a skateboard through it so they, it cuts them in half. And then after it cuts them in half, he, like, he's, like, sitting there looking at their body and goes, flawless victory. It's just straight up Mortal Kombat at a certain point. It's, okay, that's good. It's amazing. I, people fucking hate it on that movie, and they shouldn't have. It's great. It's great. Anyway, let's watch this movie. Yeah. yeah. 2000's Gladiator. Yeah. By Ripley's Believe It or Not. <laughs> So yeah, for us it's going to be about two and a half hours. For you guys, a couple minutes unless you watch seven the movie. and a half hours. Yeah, if you watch a movie on Pluto with ads, it's probably going to be about three, three and a half hours. Yeah. Anyway, we'll be right back. And we are back from watching Gladiator. Yeah. Two thousand yeah. Gladiator. Nineteen seventy four. Not nineteen seventy four. There's probably a Gladiator in that time, actually. That, like was a, that was a time for gladiator movies, like the sixties yeah. and seventies, right? I think that was earlier, actually. The Which Argonauts. one? Jason the Argonauts. I think so. I think that was fifties. Yeah, it was fifties. Fifties or sixties? Yeah, sixties maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Doesn't matter much. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're back. <laughs> yeah, not the movie we're talking about. Yeah. But yeah, um, 
so I guess like a quick rundown of it. We'll start with E. Hello. What did you think of this movie? This movie's quite long. It is a long movie. <laughs> and we watched a shorter version of this movie. We did watch a shorter version of this movie. I would say it's still quite long. It is pretty long. Um, it was known as Ridley Scott's epic at the point, or at this point in time. I definitely appreciate a lot of it, but I think in, I just am not like super into the gladiator kind of movie. Okay. Um, that's right. I can say like it. It's neat, and and there's some parts that I just don't like how they're shot. But I think that was just of the time how you shot things for some reason. Yeah. It. Hmm. There's a lot of movies that we show you, like, of its time. It's just like, that's just how things were of its time. Yeah. Like, horror movies just weren't scary at a point. And... <laughs> Arguably, depending on how you think of horror <laughs> movies, they're just not. I'm starting to think that you aren't scared of horror at all, actually. Me? I just had a bad rundown in my early years that just, like, <laughs> put me off of them. I guess. Um, yeah, I don't, like, I, I appreciate what it did. Okay. And that's kind of my opinion of it. Okay. Drya, what's your opinion of this? Um, I don't know. It was more or less kind of the movie that I had thought it would be in my head. Um, For better and for worse, the thing that okay. I'm actually kind of surprised about is how it, on its R rating, it's for, like, intense violence and graphic uh, gore and whatnot. And, like, I feel like it wasn't that much. No. Honestly. Like, it, I feel like it really pulls its punches, actually. I think part of that has to do with, like, looking at it in the lens of 20 years later, also. 22 years later. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> I mean, in some sense, yeah, but, like, I feel like this is almost, like, around how, like, gruesome Gremlins gets. Honestly, yeah, and that was PG. <laughs> like, I mean, that was also before there was a PG-13. Right. Right, but, like, but there also, isn't, like, like, excessive language or any, really sexuality, right. except for, like, the creepy guy. Yeah. Um, But, like... It is just, just like, yeah. Just for gore? And, like, it barely shows anything. I mean, I think part of that, like I said, comes from 22 years later. And, like, you can get away with movies a lot, or a lot more in movies than you could back in 2000. Yeah. I think you go five years ahead and you see what Lord's Passion Wings. of the Christ was. Honestly. Yeah. I got away from, with it, I think, because it was religious. It, it 100% got away with it because it was religious. Just insane is all. Yeah. Like... I don't know. I feel like if we look at other movies around that time, like you're gonna find Spy more kids. brutal movies. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not like in the mainstream, but I think like there were more brutal movies out there at the time. It just seems weird that this got an R rating for violence. To be fair, there was quite a bit of blood in this, but and like we were talking about during said movie, if it's whether it's human blood or like not human blood, actually adds to whether it's PG thirteen or R rated. Because there's like a lot of like really brutal PG or PG thirteen rated movies that have blood and gore. But it's blood and gore of, like, basically puppets. And, like, oh, like, if the, there was an alien creature, this is what the inside of said alien creature would look like. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It just, like, strikes me. Like, it feels like it's gory in the way that Mortal Kombat 2 is gory. Yeah, because it, it <laughs> is very much over-the-top gory. Yeah. Like, where it would, like, upset a prudish parent. But most people would be like, that's silly. Yeah, like... I don't know. Like, it's it's hard for me to put my finger on. Like, and maybe this is just because I have seen like a lot of really gory horror movies over my time. But like, this doesn't strike me as being terribly violent. Because the most violent things are the things that I would expect to be the most violent things. The thing is about to happen, and then it like cuts away from it. And you honestly barely see any blows happen to anybody in this movie. Mm -hmm. It does kind of do like that cutaway thing. But I think once again, that was also of the time of like 
whenever they had like a long sequence of like uh, an action scene, I guess is what they would call it back then. Um, in order to like get multiple takes of it, there would be like quick cuts all the time. So there are quick cuts quite a bit in this movie when it comes to the action scenes. There are, but I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's not necessarily bad filmmaking, but I think it's like of its time filmmaking. No, it screams of a director that doesn't believe in his choreography. To me, honestly, I wouldn't either. Do you see him sometimes when they're doing the swings? <laughs> <laughs> Like that that's all that that's all that comes to mind is like he saw in the editing room what this was and he's like, They clearly do not hit anything here. I have to cut away before it happens. And probably like he probably cut away because it looked more realistic to cut away than it did to actually like show the blow, quote unquote, wherever two pieces of plastic hit each other. Yeah. Well, not even that. Like <laughs> I guess there actually were some takes where like cause like there was choreography for a lot of those scenes and like if you got the choreography wrong, the person just hits or hits you with the plastic sword. Yeah. <laughs> and so like that did happen quite a few times apparently with some of the fights is like they get the choreography wrong like they're they went to, they went to go block down but they're meant to block up and then they got hit in the shoulder or got hit in the head or something like that and they had to like redo that scene um one good example is like that first uh scene in morocco wherever they're fighting in the arena and like they have the chains tied to each other mm-hmm. uh it took them two days to film that scene and that scene is maybe 30 seconds long it's chaotic so i can see yeah. why but it is chaotic because it's like trying to show everybody and like what they're doing with the violence and everything too Mm -hmm. that one i think would just be hard because for the um continuity of it because you need to keep two people basically that are not basically they are tied together and you need to make it seem like they're having like one continuous motion throughout this whole thing right so i could see why that would take a long time just for it doesn't seem weird and disjointed yeah but like I don't know, still between that, that or like I'm pretty sure that there's times wherever like it, it cut because like you know they would have to go between this guy's not injured and now he is injured so we have to like put latex on him and put fake blood on him and blah 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 blah. They had and a cut and then put the watermelon in the place of whatever the person was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think that's just probably the most disappointing thing for me is the violence. I don't feel like it hit a level to even be rated R. There's like three parts maybe, and they're extremely goofy looking. So, I don't know. I feel like even back then, they were kind of goofy looking. Maybe, honestly, maybe. Like, if like it's the parts I'm thinking of, they're so over the top, I don't know how you would really, like, see that and be like, oh my god. I don't think they're over the top looking. I think that they're just goofy looking. Like, it just is so clearly like, we are getting this exact shot. It is not part of the scene. We get the shot. Okay, move on to the actual scene now. Like, that's what it kind of felt like. It just disjointed, I think, is the word I'm looking for. Kind the gory like the, aspects felt disjointed from the rest of the fights. Kind of like wherever it would like get a close-up of the wound and then go back to what the scene was? Yeah. Okay. Felt very 70s schlock. Sure schlock Holmes. <laughs> sure yeah. schlock Holmes and Nomeo. <laughs> you're just going to stick to that bit <laughs> for this you're entire like episode, you? are trying really hard to find the joke <laughs> one of that. One of them's going to work. <laughs> and like, you keep missing the joke each time. It's gonna, it's gonna lock add in Romeo the, in there somewhere. It's gonna lock in by the end of this episode. <laughs> Just call it Romeo and Nomeo. <laughs> but no, like honestly, like this movie was done on a pretty huge scale too. Like, like I was saying, like despite the fact of how large of a budget this movie had, because it had both the money of Universal and DreamWorks to fund this movie, mm-hmm. uh, they still ran to like budgetary constrictions. But like they did some pretty impressive things just for certain shots. Like a good example. What of- was the actual budget? Uh, the actual budget of this movie was like $103 million. Okay. 
in two thousand. That's a lot of money. Yeah, in two in two thousand money. Actually, not even that in ninety nine money. Oh yeah, that's a lot of money. Yeah, pre crash. I mean, it was made in a year's time, so that's impressive in its time. But like, I'm just thinking about the other movie that was out at the time, the one that is impossible to not compare this to, Lord Titanic. of the Rings. <laughs> Lord of the Rings, and, like, I get that that had, like, a ton of pre-production, but, like, those movies' budgets weren't huge, honestly. Like, the whole trilogy, I think, had $200 million, is what it was, for the entire trilogy. Um, Like, they had years and years of pre-production, but, like, still, like, it just feels like, comparatively, this feels cheap-looking compared to those. I mean, Lord of the Rings bought out New Zealand or whatever to film there, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically. Like, the equivalent would be if, like, in this movie they actually filmed in Rome. So, and that's a little, I don't know, maybe they did for all I know. Some of it was actually filmed in Rome. Some of it was also filmed in Morocco. Some of it was also filmed in England. There you go. There's the entire budget. They flew to three And also Tuscany. (laughs) Four. Four. (laughs) So, yeah, they literally went from, like, northern Europe to North Africa and, like, everywhere in between to film this movie. Also, looking looking it up, uh, every single Lord of the Rings movie had a, a budget of about $94 million. Mm, yeah, seems about right. Yeah, so most of that had, did go into pre-production because there was three years, or not? I think it was two years of pre-production. So actually, pretty much every single Lord of the Rings movie had the budget of this movie, and they were filmed consecutively. They were all filmed yeah. at the same time. So really, it was the, the entire trilogy had a budget about two hundred seventy-ish, uh, about two hundred seventy to two hundred eighty million dollars. Mm-hmm. And this for had the whole budget, trilogy, yeah, for the whole trilogy, this movie had a budget of about a hundred million. So it had basically about a Lord of the Rings budget with a little bit extra. Mm-hmm. No, I, I still feel like for what they did with this movie, especially like looking at the behind the scenes stuff, it's impressive for what they did with their budget. It doesn't look bad or anything. I definitely think like it kind of surprises me this was in 2000 because I would have expected a lot more bad CG. Yeah, I feel like there's <laughs> cause, especially considering you guys didn't point it out very much. I'm guessing more of this movie is CG than you guys realize. Um, It seems like a lot of the stuff that was CG was like a lot of background stuff. Like, kind of how uh, Game of Thrones gets away with it. Like, a lot of Game of Thrones is CG that people don't realize because it's yeah. background stuff that you are yeah, like, staring of, at. There is a lot of the background and a lot of, like, the city scenery is, yeah. um, is CGI. Added in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, a lot of it was, like, uh, state-of-the-art technology in 1999, I guess you can say. But, um, like, some of it was, a lot of it actually was practical. Like, good example, like, the very first battle, uh, there was a mixture of CG and practical for that one. Like a good example is apparently um, there's a piece of the force that needed to be uh, cleared out mm-hmm. uh, in England. And I guess really Scott went up to the uh, forestry commission about that and just like, I'll take that. Uh, I'll take that. And they basically gave him like 400 meters worth of forest that he could just burn down. Nice. And so they, he literally, <laughs> Not nice. bur- he burned down yeah, he forest. literally burned down a forest for the beginning scene. Well, they weren't going to use it. <laughs> uh, they were planning clear- was. <laughs> yeah, they were, Planning on clearing out that section of the forest. They were getting rid of it anyway. (laughs) He's like, let me make some use of it. I will burn it to the ground. Why were they getting rid of it? I'm curious. Probably because like old old dead trees have a better chance of catching or starting a forest fire than newer trees. And so like if there's old forest with like dead rotting trees around, they tend to (laughs) cut it down. Just see them go. They're like, listen, there might be a forest fire. I'll burn it down for you. Well, I mean, if we do it on purpose, then it's not bad, right? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I mean, controlled fire, obviously. Yeah, yeah, but yeah like... sure. But yeah, like, he, like, cleared out, like, he cleared it out and, like, burned some of it. Like, he tried to make it seem as close to, like, a World War One scenery as possible. Yeah. For, like, that 400 acres. And that's where you had, like, that beginning battle. 
He also had two, or yeah, it was like over 2,000 extras just on the enemy side nice. for that. Um, Here's the one thing I will say for it, is for how much I absolutely adore Lord of the Rings, I think in many visual aspects, this holds up better than Lord of the Rings because of how much practical effects are used. Yeah. Whereas the further you get into Lord of the Rings trilogy, it's just... More CGI. The more and more CGI, yeah. Right. The ants. Ants, and then just the last battle in Lord of the Rings where it's just a ghost army fighting giant elephants. Like, what are you... It's just all CGI at this point. Yeah, pretty much. For, it was, especially, yeah, at the end of Return of the King, it was all pretty much CGI. Yeah, pretty much. And yeah, it was a mixture of practical and CGI with this one. Like, uh, I guess they actually took, like, multiple angles for a lot of different things like that scenery shot wherever it kind of like went across the battlefield they would just uh shoot sections of it and have like a thousand soldiers like per section and then like they couldn't have the soldiers standing in front of the trebuchets and so they did the trebuchets um secondarily and like just add like just layer upon layer of uh these films of like these multiple camera angles all put together to make this one small army look like a giant army in comparison whenever they just added all of it on together classic trick uh, did that um like i said it was a mixture of that and practical effects like i said there was roughly about 2500 people on like in that little battlefield area along with like the trebuchets they had everybody had their own weapon that was actually made for this movie and like their own set of armor apparently they actually started um uh costume at like four o'clock in the morning and they had to do it in sections so that way they didn't have just like a mob of people trying to get grab their costume from everybody mm-hmm. and like you know have them put on their get their weapons get their armor slather them in mud and, like, one thing that actually did make me laugh quite a bit about that is, oh, yeah, for the first battle, uh, they actually put them into a room that they just called the mud pit to dirty them up. <laughs> and, like, they would just, like, ru- like, and pretty much that room was, like, a plastic-lined room that had a kiddie pool full of mud in there. And they'd have the person stand in there while they just rub mud on them. But the thing that I actually had to pause whenever I was watching the special features of this and uh, laugh just a little bit is... In that room, they just spray painted on the wall, please no moaning. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes me think, like, did, was somebody actually moaning while they were, like, rubbing mud on them, or did they just put that there as a joke? One day, Russell Crowe went to it, and he's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's really good. That was weird. Yeah, I, I had to take a picture of it. No moaning, No please. moaning, please. <laughs> oh. So I don't know if that was like just a weird production joke or if like someone actually started moaning whenever they started rubbing mud on them and made everybody uncomfortable. I would bet. Who knows? Yeah, I 2,000 people. It's going to be someone's fetish. Someone in there is just like, oh, shit, this is my one like, thing. Oh, yes. <laughs> if you look on the other wall, it says no boners. <laughs> just an extra's like, oh, man, just walks away. <laughs> yeah, there's that... Um, Another thing I thought that was kind of funny is uh, the wounds on Russell Crowe's face during that first battle. Some of those were real because, like, there was a scene, uh, I guess at one point in time, his horse is walking backwards because they had uh, just, you know, trenches of fire sitting there. And that was real fire. And his horse is backing away from it and, like, fell backwards. And he fell into a pine bush and actually, like, uh, poked a hole in his cheek. Ouch. Yeah. There's that. And then I guess his stunt double, uh, during that scene, wherever, like, he gets flipped off of his horse and his stunt double flies forward. Actually broke his nose, which is why uh, Russell Crowe has, like, that little thing right there, because that actually did happen to his stunt double. Huh. So, like, there is that, and, like, some people actually did really get hurt there, because... Well, sure, like, it's that many people. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, that many people doing, like, a mock battle, and I guess they had, like, 2,500 weapons, and they had apparently 16,000 real arrows just to catch on fire. 
Yeah, I so like, bet. yeah, a lot of that was practical, but it was like a mix of practical and CGI. But because they're mixed together so well, it's hard to tell what's what. For as much went into that battle, it didn't seem like there were two thousand people in a battle. I'm gonna say, yeah, it seemed like it seemed like it was a big battle, but not two thousand people in a battle kind of battle. Well, some it of the was... people were actually just the trees. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was. Roughly about 2,000 people in that and battle. Every production needs a guy dressed as a tree. Yeah. <laughs> but also, you know, they had to try to make it seem more intimate and following Maximus throughout that battle, so they had a lot of sh- close-up shots on him. Yeah. And then, like I was saying before when we were watching the movie, I guess there's like a, a, a whole thing online of people just like, what happened to the dog in that battle? What did happen to the dog? Uh, apparently with that dog, uh, the dog was really bad at playing a wolf, so instead he, uh, he got the job for that movie to play the war dog. <laughs> His owner's super disappointed in him. <laughs> Can't Weird. be a wolf, but he can be a warhound, apparently. Weird. Which, that's actually something that happens in the extended cut, now I think about it, is you actually see that dog attacking people. Oh, nice. I bet it didn't look amazing. I mean, it's a dog legitimately attacking people, so maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't know. But, like I said, for the extended cut, there's some stuff that's pretty seamlessly added onto it. Like, a lot of it is just, like, them adding scenes into the movie. Like, adding, or extending scenes, I should say, yeah. into the movie. Some of them, they actually were probably about like three scenes that were just completely taken out of the movie and then added in for the extended version. I never felt like I was missing anything in this version. Yeah, you, were, you, you were explaining a bit of like what we missed, and it was always just like, oh yeah, this thing was explained a little better. Yeah, that's about it. And like, like, this is roughly explained just a little bit better. Like, there's like a little added scene of like, oh yeah, this is what's happening. But like, also, he didn't want the movie to seem handholdy with the storyline of it, so he wanted there to be some interpretation. Sure, I bet he was worried about audiences having to sit for another half hour in a theater. That too, actually, because uh, <laughs> there was actually a lot of things like there was an alternate opening to this too, because like you know it has like that thing where it's talking about the war and how Marcus Aurelius has been away for twelve years, yeah, just fighting the Germanic tribes and everything. Um, the original opening of that was like two and a half minutes long, and they actually had it seem like um, like uh, you were walking up steps, and each one of the steps was. Uh, basically adding on to the storyline or like telling what it says at the beginning of it of just like you know the year is 18 or 180 ad and marcus aurelius is in power he's fighting the dramatic tribes blah 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 and i guess like whenever i saw it it looked like it was cgi but apparently it was all practical and what they did is they actually like made little brass um wording on it for each one of the steps and like made steps going up and like almost like a snake white path leading up to uh basically just the title of gladiator on there and worked at a forge for probably a couple of weeks to get that done only to be told yeah it's too long we can't use it <laughs> how much of this movie was how much of this movie's budget i should say was used up on things that wasn't even in the movie as far as i know that's one of them or the only one um i will say though because like i told you beforehand because it's two blu-rays for the sapphire edition there's a a massive fuck ton of special features. I didn't even watch all of them because I legitimately couldn't. Yeah. Like there's an entire section called um Burning I... Money where they show you all the <laughs> stuff that they didn't <laughs> use. Where you just see um Ridley Scott. Yeah, Ridley Scott. I almost got his name wrong. Uh just like throwing hundred dollar bills into a fire, like, yes, this is my budget. My budget. <laughs> No, um, like that's something because it was literally like, yeah, this is already going to be two and a half hours long. We need to like cut the fat as much as we possibly can to like keep it at least at two and a half hours because any longer like DreamWorks is going to kill us basically. <laughs> did, did they have like the lost cut or whatever? Like, could you see that in the 
Could you watch that or in the yeah in the special features they have the actual uh ori- the original opening for it. Okay. Uh, they have that. Uh, apparently, with this movie, it was kind of like being written as it was made, from what I can understand. Like, I mean, if they what? started in '99 and it came out in 2000, it had to have been being written while yeah. it was made. Like midway through the movie, like they had an idea of what the ending was going to be, but it was constantly being rewritten. So, like midway through the movie, they still didn't know like whether he was even going to survive the ending of the movie or not or like what was going to happen with it it felt that way yeah <laughs> it was kind of written that way apparently like there's rewrites being done on the spot for this movie yeah just and, like uh, the mario movie <laughs> less people probably yeah. drunk than the mario movie but there you don't know that russell crowe's in it <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently for one of the scenes in morocco there's uh they needed to get like a uh for han zimmer actually i guess uh he wanted to get like um I can't remember the name of the... Like, there's this special instrument, and there's only, like, one guy in the world who's considered to be a master at it, and he really wanted him to play the, like, the Durn Durn or something like that. I can't remember what it's called. It's basically, like, an Arabic flute of some kind, but, like, he... There's, like, one guy who's, like, a master at it, and, like, he really wanted him to play it, and they had to, like, go to uh, another country in order to actually uh, talk to him to try to get him to play it. And I guess that guy has his own brand of vodka, and they like him negotiating him playing for this movie was just them like talking in a room together while drinking his vodka. Huh. Weird. Yeah, I didn't plan on telling that, but I saw that in the special theater. That, uh, special that features. That sounds like the one person who knows how to play the Duran Duran. Just like, <laughs> yeah, fucking, I sell vodka too. What else? That's, uh, that's odd. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, Hans Zimmer's. I'm pretty sure he's done some pretty weird things while making i think he's invented instruments to play i wouldn't doubt it i wouldn't doubt it actually i have a question and maybe you know the answer to this maybe you don't what else was in the running for best picture that year i would have to look that up look that up for me maybe it came out in 2000 but shrek was a one of course you know that (laughs) uh i think it came out late because apparently it was the academy awards for 2001 uh, oh, so it, it might have been against Shrek. <laughs> so it was actually against Aaron Brockovich, Chocolat, Traffic, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon were the nominees for Best Picture. Doesn't sound like a particularly amazing year. Mm, not yeah. terribly. I no. mean, Aaron Brockovich is a decent movie, but. I mean, a lot of people like Crouching Tiger, too, but I think that's just. Yeah, general, but that's mostly like because of the wire Chan. Yeah. That movie has a lot going for it, but it was. Mostly I the would say foo. the wire foo, honestly. People were just being shocked by it. I don't know, I haven't seen, I don't think I've seen a Jackie Chan movie. Jackie Chan is not Wire Fu at all. He is, is he opposite of Wire Fu. Crouching Tiger? He is absolutely not in Crouching Tiger. No, is that's Chow Tiger? Young Fat. Oh. Yeah, no, he's not in that at all. Well, never mind then. Jackie Chan is pop culture kung fu. Yeah, that one, uh, actor in a leading role, uh, Russell Crowe won for Gladiator, but he was up against Javier Bardem for Night Before, Fall, or Before Night Falls, Tom Hanks in Castaway, Ed Harris and Pollock. And Jeffrey Rush and Quills. I don't think I would have given it to Russell Crowe. Huh? I don't think I would have given it to Russell Crowe. Who would you have done? Anybody but Russell Crowe. That's <laughs> one of my major complaints. Is I don't think Russell Crowe's very good in general. So, like... He just... <laughs> I like his movies. I don't know. He's, he's, like, whatever in this movie. Exactly. He's whatever. He's a broken man. He feels like a broken man. Does he? Yeah. yeah. I never got that feeling from him. I felt I, like he was very empty. I kind of felt like he was just blank slate. Which is every Russell Crowe movie. <laughs> Maybe Russell Crowe just happened to fit a broken man. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, that's kind of my thing with this is, like, it's fine, but, like, I don't I don't see best of anything in this. Maybe music, but... Best score. Maybe, yeah. Uh, I think it got, yeah, best act, or 
I want to say it got best picture, best leading actor, best costume design, yeah. uh, best score, and some maybe I think in uh, the visual effects. It won visual effects. I can see visual effects. Best costuming, I think, is on and off because I think Russell Crowe's stuff looked fake as shit most of the time. <laughs> Um, there was some really good costuming, but I, I don't mean, think his was. It the depends hit. again. It's like what was it up against? Yeah. Right. Ultimately, yeah. like the, that's the thing about the academies. Like some years just suck. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like they're just bad years. Yeah, I think this might be one of them. I mean, you don't care. I think that was actually a pretty decent year for animation because I think that was like Shrek, Monsters Inc., Jimmy Neutron, and some other movie that came out that year. Huh. Which were all like groundbreaking things in their own ways. Yeah. I suppose. Yes. Uh. Definitely hit the zeitgeist twenty years later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I yeah. This movie's like, yeah. I kind of agree with you. Right? Like, this is a fine movie. I think it's too long, and it's like, I don't have particularly things I would cut out other than just be like, I don't know. I feel like they show the same thing a lot. <laughs> yeah, actually, I don't have a, like a complaint about the length of it, and I think a lot of that might have to do with I've been watching a lot of really long, boring ass movies lately. <laughs> And, like, this, I wouldn't call this movie boring. It just is fine. Like, it's fine. There's nothing inherently wrong with the movie. It's just kind of the movie I always thought it was. <laughs> Not know? me. I thought it was 300. That's true. Yeah, it's completely yeah. different than what you <laughs> whenever, thought it Yeah, was. whenever you said, like, gets kicked into a Sarlacc pit, like, that's automatically, uh, I realized, okay, okay, he's thinking of 300. That was, like, half a joke, but, like, which, genuinely, anytime someone talks about Gladiator, I think 300. Very different Which movies. I also haven't seen. Having very now, movies, having like, now seen Gladiator. 100% different movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably. Like, uh, I want to say like 99% of 300 is shot behind a green screen. Yes. While yes. this one actually had like quite a bit of practical effects and was on yeah. scene for a lot of th- different things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We actually have to uh, do like a little asterisk on my not seeing it. I have seen parts of this movie when my father was watching it on the TV when I lived with them. Yeah, yeah. And I have seen parts of it when Robbie yeah. and his family were so, watching it on TV. <laughs> uh, this is the official technically... Technically speaking, we're not all the last ones. In. <laughs> Technically, we're seeing it all the way through. You are the last ones in, though. Yeah, but yeah, like I don't know. Like I don't, I don't think I would tell anybody not to watch this movie. But if they're like, "Hey, should I watch this?" or like another movie that's very similar to it, three hundred. If somebody said, should I watch Gladiator 300? I'd say probably 300. It's like an it's like 80 minutes long and it's super, super fast paced. Well, and they're dumb. like, I really want to wait for two hours and 40 minutes and have a weird incest in my Gladiator movie. Have you heard of Game of Thrones? <laughs> <laughs> have you Way heard longer. Of, have you heard of the first three episodes of Game of Thrones? <laughs> Boy, is that just going to really get you. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, maybe it is just kind of. I think when it came to the slower parts, you guys just weren't on board either, because like there was like a lot of slower parts where they're kind of explaining like the political intrigue, what's yeah. going on, and yeah. you guys are just kind of eh. About I'll be that. super frank. I did not actually care about like any of these characters whatsoever. I'm I'm right. There I like I like the black slave, but ultimately he didn't have much of a character. He had about four lines. Yeah, I just thought he was like fun. He's a fun actor, honestly. Yeah. Um. I mean, he is a very good actor too. This was yeah. like his breakout. Like. Him, Joaquin Phoenix, and like a handful of other ones. Like this was like the first major role that they had. Yeah. <laughs> Here's another complaint I have about Joaquin Phoenix. Actually, yeah. he chewed up the scenery, but he didn't chew it enough. He could have chewed up way more scenery. Yeah. So the funny thing about that too is because like apparently what Joaquin Phoenix is known for, he got from this movie. Uh, his first day on set, he walked up and saw like the scale of everything and went, 
yeah, this is too much. I'm a kid from Florida. Like, I'm way out of my element now. I'm just going to quit. Like, I guess he went up and talked to Ridley Scott and said, I'm sorry. I apologize. This is too big. I can't do it. I will pay you for the hotel that you got me last night. I will pay for my flight home. I, I this is too big of me. I'm some kid from Florida. I am not. Uh, I am not the emperor of Rome. And he's like, yeah, but you're an actor, therefore you can act like the emperor of Rome. And like, they had to talk him into playing this movie. It's kind of weird. Funny. And like enough so that like, and because Joaquin Phoenix is a method actor, I guess he talked to Ridley Scott, and he's like, okay. If I'm going to stay here, I'm going to play this movie. I need someone to like abuse me behind the scenes. And he's like, <laughs> I guess Russell, I guess he is uh, Ridley Scott went like, uh, okay. Oh, Russell. <laughs> and like called Russell Crowe up to talk to him about it and like told him like, hey, I need you to like, you know, talk verbally me down. Abuse yeah, verbally me. abuse me behind the scenes. And like Russell Crowe looked at him and said like, listen, it's bad karma for me to say things to you behind the camera that I wouldn't say to you in front of the camera. So stop being a little maggot and just act. And then I guess his response was, wow, that was great. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what an odd. It's absolutely Joaquin Phoenix, though. Yeah, like yeah. he's always been a method actor, so it doesn't surprise me too much. But it's kind of funny that like he demanded those things from this movie and they're like, just fucking act, dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it is, like I kind of agree with you about him not like quite going the distance ultimately with the character because like, there's like this hint of like this weird whiny ass kid who thought he who thought he's big shit. Yeah. And like in the middle there's a good I think there's a couple good scenes where he's like throwing tantrums. Yeah. Cuz he's not getting his way. But I think in some sense I think he's almost too serious a lot of times. Yeah. So like that goes into I think the political intrigue part and where the movie definitely lost us. Yeah. Is whenever they started, and this is a me problem. I realize this is a me problem entirely. Not the movie's fault. But any time they said the word Senate, I pictured Star <laughs> Wars Episode 2. You guys compared this to Star Wars so goddamn much. It is Star, not Star Wars, Wars clearly got inspiration from this. Probably, I, but I this is not Star Wars. Star Wars Episode 2 is almost like beat for beat part the like last 30 minutes of this movie. I swear, there's going to be an interview out there where George Lucas is like, yeah, favorite movie of all time, Gladiator, 100%. Like, He's like, it was Seven uh, Samurai when I was younger. I really got into Gladiator for a bit. Uh, Seven Samurai is not the right samurai movie then. But One thing I, I will say, though, is I know like one uh, one TV show that got a lot of inspiration from both Gladiator and uh, 300 probably was Spartacus Blood and Sand, the, yeah. Yeah, the stars show. Because like, there is a lot of green screen stuff in there, mostly for budget reasons because it's a TV show. But, like, it has a lot of the same atmosphere, if you will, as Gladiator did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, you tried showing me that one, and I just, the green screen was off putting for me, so I couldn't watch it. But, yeah. Um, Actually, speaking of off putting, so I couldn't watch it, this movie has like 17 different frame rates it likes to switch between. Yeah. And, I hate and it. like, listening to the commentary, a lot of it was like, yeah, we shot it. We realized that it happened too quickly. I wanted it to be a little bit longer than that, so we just kind of cut the frame rate on it. It just, or like, like sometimes he did it to try to get a uh, a specific feeling, which they did that a lot in the two thousands, and then realize like later on that it just wasn't a good, or like there are better ways to do it. It just like feels gross at all times. Like it, I feel like it's just a movie that's supposed to feel gross. Though. Not like in the like oh gore's gross. In the like this frame rate's gross. Like it doesn't like f- like I get they're trying to evoke certain feelings, but like. I don't like how it does it in this, because, like, it just, like, swapping between all the frame rates just kind of 
feels like I'm like in a car where a, a new driver's in it, where they're kind of like, <laughs> er, er, where they're er. jerking the brakes every five yeah, seconds. Yeah, where like they're scared to go at the normal pace. I, for me, it's not necessarily just the frame rate that was off-putting and annoying and weird to me because that was 100% a style in the late 90s and early 2000s. Yeah. It's the parts to where he clearly had a high frame rate camera on set occasionally, and you can see those shots, and they look very slow and very smooth and good, and then you can tell other shots where he's like, I want to look at this face for five more seconds. Slow it down. Yeah, that's just, exactly what happened. <laughs> and like, like that's the part that's off-putting is just like, and that's what I mean by the thing of like, it feels very disjointed. Like it feels like, for as much as this is an epic and like award-winning, like it feels like Ridley Scott was out of his fucking element here. Like I don't think he's this director, honestly. I mean, look at the other stuff. They well, he's known for this movie, uh, obviously. Like yeah. this is considered one of his big or one of his greats. But also, but so is Alien, and Alien yeah. is a very much a different movie than this is. Yeah, yeah. Like and it, it feels like he's out of his element. Honestly, it feels like he he bit off too much. And that ways. is possible. And the funny thing is, is they want to do more, but they ran into budgetary constrictions. Yeah. I think, I mean, in some of it, I think he needed someone to reel him back. Because, mm, yeah, like, it's maybe. the thing that I say why I really feel like the original Star Wars worked better than the prequel series for me is the original was clear that there was someone, like, there letting George Lucas to know when to stop. Yeah, like, it's like, listen, we don't need, like, 17 blue alien butt cheeks on screen yeah maybe just have like one weird looking alien like no you're right you're right we shouldn't spend seven million dollars on weird alien butt cheeks because like (laughs) it was uh, i forget who was the editor she was like pretty well known for other stuff but like can't think of her name uh, yeah i'm blanking on her name but like a lot of people say she kind of saved the original trilogy too Mm -hmm. and uh once it started getting too uh well well, too mainstream i guess (laughs) They were real pop punk about it. Mm-hmm. Once it's getting too mainstream, a lot of people behind Star Wars are like, we're, we're out, man. Like, this isn't what we wanted. Um, I mean, it's funny that you say that, though, just because uh, one thing Ridley Scott did say in the commentary is whenever he's producing a movie, he likes dealing with greedy directors. And he says, like, as a director, you got to ask for 130% so that way you can get 90% of the budget that you want. And so he is, like, one of those overachiever, like, I need to have this, 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 and this. Yeah. So that way, and, like, he overdoes it for the sake of, like, okay, we won't give you all of this, but we'll at least give you this kind yeah. of thing. So if you ask for too much, they'll at least give you what you want is his idea. Yeah, and I think, honestly, this kind of did cement uh, an opinion in my mind of, like, I think maybe I don't like Ridley Scott. <laughs> maybe? <laughs> I'm on the fence. There's stuff that I like of Ridley Scott's, and there's stuff that I just, eh, with Ridley Scott. Like, he does good work, but then he also does some work that, like, you can tell he's kind of up his own ass about it. Like, I love Alien, but I don't like Prometheus or yeah. the Alien. Nobody likes Prometheus, let's be honest. Mm, Rocky likes Prometheus. Rocky's not here to defend himself. Nobody <laughs> likes Prometheus. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, you wanted to fight me on that one? Get back on the podcast. <laughs> and you know what? The the co- the friend that we have that watched movies here with us that one time, he fucking loves the next Alien movie after that. After Alien oh, Covenant. Oh, uh, Covenant, yeah. He fucking loves it. I haven't seen it, so I don't have an opinion. And I've only seen parts of Prometheus, and people tell me that's parts too much already. Yeah. Prometheus is an hour too long. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. like you, but I, I will say, even with Alien, I think it kind of, it, it kind of overstepped its boundaries a lot, too. It did, honestly. Like, they d- even clearly didn't have the budget for that movie. When I, yeah. like, because I had complaints about Alien, and a lot of it was just, like, it f- tried to be more grandiose than it really should have. Yeah. Right. Which is a weird thing to say about a movie about an alien space. <laughs> but, like, 
the stupid evacuation thing where it's yeah. literally pointless. Yeah, it feels like there's a lot of filler in Alien yeah. that I never really realized before. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, I I like, and I want to I want to say the same about Gladiator. I, it like feels like there's filler to me, but like I can't pinpoint what is really filler, other than like the Gladiator scenes all kind of blend in my mind. But at the same time, if they were not there, God, it would suck to have to listen to them talk about politics for like 20 minutes straight versus the like 10 splits. Yeah, and like that goes into just old school talking about politics. And I've had this problem with all kinds of like that's my biggest complaint about Game of Thrones. Like I don't give a shit about your weird politics with castles. Like I don't fucking care. Just get to the things that actually matter. Get to the character building stuff. Like nobody wants to sit here and talk and hear you talk about the economics of whether you could survive a dragon attack. Like, I don't care about that. Yeah, and that's still honestly a popular thing, whether it's Star Wars or whether it's Gladiator or whether it's Game of Thrones or whether it's literally anything, it feels like. It is. People love fake political intrigue for some yeah. reason. I don't know. I've, it, like, almost feels like the thing where it, like, makes you feel kind of smart following it, I want to say. Yeah, like, I get... I think I, that maybe what his Gladiator is going for, but, like, halfway through, I'm like, they're just they're saying the same thing over and over. Yeah, I, I mean, don't care. The, the weird thing the, about Gladiator is it's such a simple thing. Like, there's a tyrant, and the Senate wants to control instead of the tyrant. Yeah, yeah. That is That's one. It. Yeah, <laughs> that is one scene that was actually just like completely cut out of the original take. Is there are a couple of scenes where, uh, behind the scenes, the Senate and his sister are like planning to assassinate him, but they're trying to figure out how to get it done without raising suspicion or raising suspicion from him. And I think then, that like, that muddies the waters yeah, for like, Maximus's story. Yeah, and that they did straight out say like that muddies the water for that. And then also, like I said, that scene wherever um, she gives him tonic. <laughs> no, that's a weird cocaine scene water that it just didn't <laughs> actually go anywhere. And it's probably because of that reason that all the other stuff was cut. Maybe, I, but maybe. like I think that literally just was tonic. Maybe it feels weird. Then. I felt like she was giving him sleeping meds. Maybe, maybe. Which honestly, sleeping meds back then was poison because it was nightshade. And you give someone a night enough nightshade, it just kills them. Oh, okay. While we're talking about drinks, there's a part where two people sit down at what is like an outside diner while something's going on. Uh huh. And a guy has a glass full of herbs and water, and he's drinking it, and it's just that's weird. just a thing. Yeah, it's just weird though. Yeah, uh, juniper and berries, and they call water. that tea. Ew. <laughs> oh no! Just the way he was drinking, I was like, it feels like that's supposed to have vodka in it. <laughs> I mean, Romans. It's the Romans. Yeah. What are they gonna? <laughs> Romans actually fucking loved their wine, dude. Like, it's one true. of the weird things about, like, the fall of Rome is part of the reason why there was a fall of Rome is because they had a bad habit of boiling wine in lead because it made it sweet. I am not even joking about that. There's, like, a million reasons why Rome fell. Yeah, that was yeah. one of them. But they, they had shoddy aqueducts that, like, were really, are taken down really easily. Uh, there was lead in the wine, uh, a lot of incest in the... Are with the Caesars, like there's a lot of reasons why, but that was one of them. Is and the South is just like we're gonna do Rome, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, Commodius, that, that was his name, the Emperor, the one that Joaquin Phoenix plays. Mm. Um, like a lot of it is like the political intrigue of him, because like the thing, the weird thing about this is it actually is loosely based off of events that happened in Rome, because there was like uh, Marcus Aurelius, uh, you know, the guy who dies at the very beginning, yeah. the father. He, uh, you know, he was a real Ro- uh, Roman Empire who spent seven years out, or 17 years out on the battlefield and, like, never basically set foot in Rome and died before he got back. Like, that was a real thing. Commodus actually was really his son who, you know, came back to Rome and was pretty much a psychopath the entire time that he was leading and 
did have a habit of like he really loved the gladiatorial games enough so that like he would go and he would actually take part in them sometimes to where like he actually had special arrows that had like crescent moon um <laughs> serious like with crescent moon heads on them so that way uh he could shoot them at ostriches and cut their heads off while they were running <laughs> okay Romans first off weird. that's fucked off secondly Kind of impressive, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like this Third, is like actual wait, historical thirdly, why stuff. Does he, why do you need a special crescent moon arrow tip to cut off to a cut head? off an ostrich head? Because he wanted to do it while they were running away. It's a it's a whole axe, just, just like right, just like the fact it's a crescent moon. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of he was a show, he was a showboater, I know. Yeah, showman, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, like uh, I learned that because, like I said, there's like three hours of like, oh yeah, this is actual uh, Roman history when it came to the gladiatorial system and like what actually was happening around that time. And so, like, I know, it's... while I was like trying to find out facts about this movie, I just watched three hours worth of documentary. <laughs> I mean, it's such absurd things to think about. Like, imagine if like Obama just got into a boxing match with, a, with if he, other. If it was people. old Roman times, he might have. <laughs> like, just weird things to think about. Imagine if we had a president that was like. The star of reality. That'd be so ridiculous, right? We had two. It'd be, be the dumbest thing, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. We, we've had two. Like <laughs> Dumbest thing. I know, you're, so I know who you're referring to, but it, it already had a precedent. It wasn't unheard of. Dumb. Just the dumbest thing. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if we had two California governors who are actors. It'd be the weirdest thing, wouldn't it be? so fucking stupid. I feel like that's just likely. Even, like, <laughs> I feel like a third of the population of California are actors. You know, I mock, but Ukraine had a fucking comedian actor guy who yeah. played He's... a president on television and then went on to be an incredible president. So, yeah. you know. To be fair, he's the exception to the rule. Like, yes. That guy actually has <laughs> balls of steel. Yeah, he is the exception to the rule. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to, like, think about the characters, and they're, I feel like none of them really are characters. Maximus is Russell Crowe. He's Russell Crowe and everything just, I've seen Russell Crowe in. What you think of a... Of a gladiator, basically. Um, he has, like, a motive of his family's dead. Yeah, and he wants he gets, revenge. He seems to uh, kind of get over that pretty I will quickly. say, because, like I said, this was, like, loosely based off of real events. Because, like, the thing about um, Commodus, like, uh, uh, Joaquin's Phoenix character, I guess uh, in real life he was assassinated. And there was rumors that it was done by a gladiator. So they just kind of played, like, what if it was a gladiator for this movie? Oh, so they just went, like, full on, like, what if the conspiracy theories are right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but, like, that's why they never said, like, you know, based off real events or something stupid like that. Is right. Because, like, it was based off of, like, rumors of, like, what happened during Roman history. It's like the Marilyn Monroe movie that's about to come out on Netflix. Yeah. But, like, there's that um, Juba, which is done by Jaman Hansu. Uh, he, like, his character, the one that, the black character, I should say. Yeah. Uh you know, he did a really good job with this one. He was one of the gladiators. I also. think, I mean, it's from what you guys said, maybe that's just that actor's pretty good. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's very than... good. It's so strange because he's just like very, very easy to watch. Like his acting style is just very chill. Even like things where he's like being very uh, passionate about something, like he just something very watchable about him. Yeah. The like, it he, factor. Yeah. He, he plays off of Maximus very well, which is really impressive considering Maximus barely talks to him. Yes, there's an entire scene to where Maximus just looks at him. Yeah. Dude, Which, like I told yeah. you guys, extended scene, he does talk back, but... It wouldn't fit the tone at the time, though. Like, he's, like, off the cusp, like, what what it's left to live for. Yeah. Yeah. And then he immediately fights, so who knows about tone anyways, but... That's just such a strange thing to me, is, like... Obviously, Maximus has a whole plan in the movie of, like, well, my family was all murdered, uh... I'm I'm going forward. I'm living my life to get them back. They're all murdered. 
I'm captured, I'm a slave, and I have to be a gladiator to kill. And, like, he has a plan of, like, I am going to be the best gladiator and get close to Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. He doesn't have that plan until after he's already, like, a decent gladiator, though. Yeah. So, like, that's the thing. Like, what is he fighting for, exactly? Just to exist? Just to survive. Like, I think it's one of those things of, like, survival instincts will always kick in. But also because, to be fair, especially movies in the early 2000s, things just happen to move the plot forward. Yeah. And sometimes they don't always make sense, but they have to happen. I don't know. Like, I feel like there's a better... Because, like, I think the idea was, like, he didn't want that guy to die just because he's not feeling, like, living, but it wasn't... Like, he, again, he immediately, like, fights. I feel like if there was some reluctancy on the first gladiatorial combat, I feel like it might have moved better. It's just the fact that he was, like, already just fucking slamming people's heads in. Yeah, like, there's the one training, I call it training scenes, like, closer to a training scene this movie gets, is, like, the guy's, like, hitting him to, like, be like, fight me, and he, like, clearly doesn't want to fight. He's given up. Yeah. He's like, he'll have his time to prove that he's the most amazing fighter in the world. Don't you worry. Uh, and then he just does it. Like, why, why did he not just fight the guy then? I don't get that part. I think, though, for me, the way that I see it is because, like, the only one who's nice to him to begin with is... <laughs> the <guy>. Juba. <laughs> that's, his, that's his character name. Yeah. Okay. Um, I will say, though, like, one thing that they did say during the commentary, which is why I got his name right, is because, like, his name is spelled wrong. It's D-J-I-M-O-N is how you say his first name. Hmm. And whenever he talked to Russell Crowe, he asked him, like, how do you pronounce his name? It's like, Jimon, like Simon. What? Okay. And okay. so, yeah, every single time that, like, Russell, like, anyone else met him on set, uh, Russell Crowe like, oh, yeah, this is Jimon, like Simon, like, to let everyone know, like, this is how he pronounces his name, like, try to get it right. Yeah. So, huh. apparently, like, they're actually, like, best buds behind the scenes and everything, too. Like, they're, like, close and everything, which is probably why they work well chemistry-wise off each yeah, other. Maybe. Yeah, that would make sense. But yeah, like, I mean, again, like, I feel like they were hinting at the idea of since they were chained together, he doesn't want to just let another yeah. guy die because of him. But, and that's again, it guess- doesn't, like, feel like it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it kind of does in a weird way just because, like, he doesn't want, like, him to die because of him. And which is also why, like, whenever they're in that first battle, he stands in front of him. So that way he doesn't get if someone gets hurt, it's going to be him. So there's that. But like also besides that, the only other thing I can think of, I guess there actually is a famous story of the gladiatory arena of a prisoner of war who got captured. And he said, like, I'm not afraid to die, but I will not die for the entertainment of those people. And like um, instead of going out into the gladiatorial arena, he actually grabbed like one of the uh like, you know, those sticks that, where they had, like, the cloth on the end of them to, like, basically clean themselves after they use the bathroom? Mm-hmm. Uh, he just shoved one of those down his throats and ch- choked on it to death because he'd rather die that way than die out in the arena. Like, there was a famous story of that happening of, like, maybe that's what it was, is maybe he just didn't want to die in the arena. But, you know, it also, the simp- like, you know, Occam's razor of it is he just probably, you know, they just needed the scene to move forward. Yeah. 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 I know, like... I, I just feel like there if if he was like way more defensive that first thing, I might have been less harsh on it. But it's just like the matter of he's like lost everything and then he's gung ho. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like not, it's not the worst thing. It's one world. of those like even though the movie like is a longer length, like it takes a long time to travel. And like I don't think that it's one yeah. of those things of early two thousands, like it was really terrible at conveying how long it takes to get from one place yeah. to another. Mm-hmm. And like one good example of that too is like that execution that happens at the very beginning of it, wherever like they try to execute him and then he rides basically from like Scotland all the way down to Spain. They're saying yeah. like they actually did like, okay, how long would it take him to travel from here to here? And like, well, with the roads that they had around that time, 
it would have been around 2,000 miles on horseback. It would have taken him like X amount of weeks to get back home if he was riding years. all day long for those things <laughs> and like with a wound on his shoulder at that. And so like yeah. he wanted more riding scenes, to, like kind of convey of how long it took him to get there. And production just straight up told him no. Like you cannot just have like an hour of him riding a horse. I mean, in general, like it it wouldn't really feel good anyways. Like I've seen movies where they do that to convey time, and it just is boring. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah that's the, that's... But because of that, you do have him going from like up in Scotland all the way down to like northern Africa, and then back to Rome, all within a matter of like maybe thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like the movie just doesn't do a good job of conveying that, and that's just. That's just a time thing, honestly. Yeah, and, like, mm-hmm. there's only so much you can do with, like, trying to convey, like, hey, this many months passed in five minutes. Yeah, without strictly saying. Yeah, without strictly saying, like, here's the date and time. Yeah. Which October he has actually even said. Yeah. 19, or 184 <laughs> BC. But like, 2 p.m. To be fair, though, like, I don't think we've ever liked a movie that, like, hey, this much time has passed without, like, they've. it's hard to do that well. Yeah. And I think it's easy to say it's hard to do that well because we've complained about that with every single movie where a long time has passed. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I That's not one thing I, I fault the movie for in that case. Yeah. It's just one of those things that's like, it's hard to do. It's just yeah. hard to do. It is, it is hard to do. Especially in 2000. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm... We've been shitting on this for all. Run down the quick plot, Robbie. This is going to okay. be the spoiler edition of the plot. Spoiler, get, spoiler, spoiler. You get two minutes, Robbie. Go. So... Quick uh, plot of this movie: General Maximus is fighting are fighting Germanic hordes up in the Celtic region. So, like they say, like probably Scottish, that they're fighting up there, and like they've been at war with this region in particular for like twelve years. It starts off with the very last battle that they have with them. This is the last stronghold that they have. They're fighting them. They win the battle for Rome. Uh, it shows like Maximus, like you know, kind of being a man of the people, kind of like you know, he loves his soldiers. The sol- soldiers love him back. The emperor loves him. Um, Emperor, like, brings his children forward because Emperor realizes, like, hey, I'm getting old. I'm probably going to die soon. So, like, we need to figure out what we're going to do with with Rome, the country that I love, even though, like, I've in 20 years that I've ruled it, I've been there for maybe two or three years of it. And tells Maximus, like, you fought well for Rome. I want you to, or, I want you to rule Rome or whenever I'm gone. He says, like, no, I don't want to rule Rome. I want to go home. He's like, well, we'll discuss it more. And then, like, with his son down there, he tells his son, like, hey, you're not going to be the emperor whenever I die. I'm going to give the throne to Maximus. And he's just like, you suck and kills his dad, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Um, that happens. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix character. <laughs> since we keep on forgetting Commodius' name. Just call him the emperor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At this point, he's Caesar. Um, he becomes a new Caesar because his father's dead. Uh, Maximus knows otherwise because he knows like he had that conversation beforehand. So they're going to kill Maximus. So that way he doesn't say anything. Because, you know, he wants to be emperor. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go to execute him. He fights off the guys who try to execute him and tries to run away home, which, like I said, is like 2,000 miles south in Spain. Uh, Roman legionaries get there before him. They kill his wife and son and crucify them in their front lawn and burn his fields. So that way he has basically nothing to come back to. Basically comes back to seeing his family executed, uh, buries them, and is basically just a shell of a man at that point. Uh, ends up just getting picked up by slavers. Because, you know, got to move the plot forward. <laughs> uh, ends up in Morocco, which is, once again, in northern Africa. Uh, fights as a gladiator down there for a little while. Uh, does so well down there. Him and his team does so well down there that they decide to bring them back to Rome. They go to they, the major leagues. Yeah, they go to the major <laughs> leagues, basically. Yeehaw. There's even, like, that first, uh, that first speech that uh, Proximo was his name, the uh, Lanista that uh, owns all the slaves for the gladiatorial arena. Uh, he tells them, like, you know, he's super excited because he doesn't want to be in Morocco anymore. He wants to go back to Rome, wherever his home is. And, you know, 
fight in the big fight with the big boys up there. Mm-hmm. And so he's super excited about that. Uh, Maximus isn't excited until he tells him, like, hey, if you're good enough, uh, even the emperor will, uh, you know, love you for that. And maybe you'll get to meet him and earn your freedom. And he doesn't even say, like, I will earn my freedom. He says, I will meet the emperor. Yeah. Like, he doesn't even care about freedom at this point. Uh, goes down, uh, makes a big show of how good of a fighter he is in Rome. Gets to meet the uh, gets to meet the emperor. Uh, yeah, meets the emperor face to face. Lets him know, like, hey, fucker, I'm still alive. Yeah, actually, yes. Yeah, which which I'm, honestly, I, I'm underselling it. But I'm trying to do it quickly, but like yeah, that I that w- speech alone is actually really really good. I do want to say there are two or three moments where this movie actually hits magical points, and I would say those are all the confrontations between Maximus and Siberia or whatever his name is. Cypress Hill, uh, Joaquin <laughs> sure. Phoenix's character, <laughs> the Caesar. Yeah, yeah the Caesar. Um, Commodious. Commodious. That was close, probably. Um, I think the best parts of the movie are their confrontations. Yeah, th- those two really work. At, at like you know, work well as enemies together. Yeah, yeah, and I think in a weird way, it probably did help with him calling him a little maggot. Because like that, that was Russell Crowe's actual words saying that he's like just act you little maggot. Yeah, on that, and so like them kind of like having like this grudge between each other works really well for that scene, which yeah. I don't think like Russell Crowe really has feelings towards Joaquin Phoenix. He was just acting his role. I but don't know if Russell Crowe has feelings. That's possible. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, that was like a really good, that was a really good speech. That was a really good scene. Just like uh, they even use it for like the production or not production, the um, trailers. trailers of this movie of that. My name is Maximus. Uh, just see- Disim- or whatever the fuck his middle name is. Mar- is Maximus, you killed Dimidius my father, prepared to die. <laughs> kind of. Because uh, he's like, um, um, general to the, or to the true emperor, uh, Marcus Aurelius, husband to a murdered wife, uh, father to a murdered son, and I will have my vengeance, either in this life or the next. You maggot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, that was actually a really good scene, too. And like, so that happens, realizes, like, hey, he's still alive, and like, is really pissed off because, like, they would have known that he was still alive because, like, you know, he was supposed to be executed. And they, they told him, like, hey, we did the execution. He's dead now. Okay, cool. Let's go home. I don't need to see the body. Yeah. And who exactly gave that word? Because he killed everyone who was trying to execute him. <laughs> I mean, the people who, yeah, the people who went to go check up on them would be able to say, like, oh, yeah, they, they definitely killed them and then went back to their tents. Like, and he just thought nothing of the fact that no one showed up back after doing nope. the execution. To be fair, like, he is playing a character who's up his own ass. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Cypress I'm not, Hill is not a great emperor. I don't, like, inherently <laughs> believe that this character wouldn't. It's just kind of funny, the idea of, like, oh, no one showed up. It probably went well. <laughs> ah, it's fine. <laughs> They're probably I'm, partying. I mean, listen, if I were in charge, that's about how it would happen. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, there actually is a scene of, like, uh, for the people who are conspiring against him, which is one of the reasons why everybody is so scared of him, that is in the extended version, where he has them all tied to poles and, like, tells the Roman allegiant to like you know basically uh make a firing line with a- our bows and arrows to kill them all and like makes a spectacle out of it to make sure that everyone fears him for it like there is that scene but it goes from like you know that scene over um they're talking in the gladiatorial arena to like that scene to like down in the dumps whenever they're uh like right before um lucia goes to go talk to maximus i was gonna say connie nielsen cause that's her real name but anyways I don't know if I, like, inherently buy that he would, like, I know he wants to feel like he's that ruthless, but I don't, like, inherently buy that this character actually is that ruthless to, like, set up a firing line. I think he is. Yeah. Uh, I think I buy the ruthless part. Um, I don't buy the part to where he's ruthless 
for the means to an end. He's ruthless because he's throwing a temper tantrum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a and, child. And that's pretty much what they were going for with that is that he just, he's a child that's throwing temper tantrums. And he's like, I just want to be loved. And everyone's just like, fuck off, dude. Where's my toys? Yeah. Where's my toys? I want to hug. Upsies. Like, yeah. that, that's yeah. his character. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, basically, it's like back and forth of the gladiatorial combats and the conspiring to uh, assassinate the Yeah, to assassinate the current uh, Caesar because he is corrupt and he's a tyrant. Yeah, and it basically leads to a plan where uh, Maximus is going to sneak out in the middle of the night, gather all of his army, and then come back and overtake the throne and then just leave and let the Senate be the good, be the new Yeah, rulers. be the new C- Caesars, basically. Senate. Yeah. And... <laughs> Uh, I am the Senate. But the beans get spilled, and the Caesar knows that this is going to happen and, like, catches everyone and sets up one final battle where it's him versus Maximus, uh, but Maximus has been stabbed. Yeah, he just stabs him between the ribs. Yeah, and then puts him, puts the armor on him so no one can tell, and then it's, like, a spectacle, basically, where he's expected to just fucking kill maximus yeah like see how amazing i am yeah but that also being said maximus gravely wounded is still a better warrior than he is yeah (laughs) one hand literally wrapped to his side basically pretty much yeah still a better one hand tied behind his back he still beats him yeah like it's it's while he's expected like while he's actively dying because like he doesn't really like he takes a a slice to the back of the leg but that's about it yeah it makes me wonder like i get he was like stabbed between the ribs but like the blade must have been poisoned right I think it was I, just I he put probably got him. hit in a vital organ. Yeah, like, I only, like, the way that I've always seen it is because, like, he hugs him and then he stabs him, so he stabs him in the back. So I'm guessing he got him in the kidneys. Mm. Like, that's kidneys my... Kidneys or lung. Or, or, yeah, maybe in the lung, like, maybe he's, like, just, you know, like, one of his lungs is just filling up with blood, maybe. Yeah, I guess our body is full of little organs that don't like being punctured. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's the climactic battle and uh, ends with Maximus killing the caesar with his own knife that the caesar hid yeah he's yes. a bitch and, he is a bitch <laughs> uh maximus having taken too much damage also dies here yeah i mean it does a lot of scenes that did here that it also did with uh after he finds his family wherever like it kind of shows him like floating above the arena and like kind of being floated away like that was him going to the afterlife which showing that like Whenever he was on that stagecoach in Morocco, like, he wasn't dreaming. He was dying, but they brought him back. Yeah. And then in this scene, he's dying, but no one's bringing him back because, like, this was his final bout. Like, this is all that he had left to live for. So, like, he just wanted his revenge. He gets it. Now he can die and go to the after- go to Elysium with his family. Yeah. yeah. So, tyranny's over. Uh, Maximus finally gets peace. And uh, Jimon, like Simon, gets to... <laughs> gets the final lines as he buries the toys versions of the of Maximus family that he carried around. Yeah. And kind of just ends. And buries them in the arena and says like we will meet again but not yet. I don't know how you make Gladiator 2. That's what I was yeah, I didn't want to like spoil it for you guys <laughs> but that was <laughs> uh the most that I could think of in the commentary uh both Ridley Scott and it, it, it was Ridley Scott and um Russell Crowe that were in the commentary talking about this movie. And the funny thing about it is, like, most of the commentary is them gushing about, like, how good the scenes look. <laughs> and then, like, there's, like, a lot so of silence. Yeah. You yeah. can almost hear the lube being sprayed <laughs> into their hands. Kind of. And then, like, 
there was times where they were just silent because like they were just getting into the movie and wanted to watch it. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Yeah, actually, <laughs> um, bad commentary, but funny. <laughs> yeah, and they even said at the end of it, it's like, yeah, it doesn't make for good commentary, but it, it's just a good movie. <laughs> but like they did that, and then um, they're saying that like if they ever made a sequel, because this was in 2005 when they did the commentary for it, uh, they're saying like I don't think there would ever be a sequel. Like chance, because like the original thought for the ending is he escapes, gets his army, comes back to Rome. And with or with his army overtakes the emperor and like fights him one to one at the end thing and then like his army overtakes Rome. He's like, yeah, if we would have had that ending, this movie would have cost probably about fifty million dollars more, and we probably um and there'd probably be like ten gladiators at this point. And so like that's the thing is like he just wanted to like make the one off, but he yeah. said like if they ever did make a sequel to it, it would probably uh follow Jaiman's character. I mm. yeah I hope so. It like I hope that's where they're going with it. I don't know. Really, he is old. Really, what point, do you though? do? Yeah, he is old. But to be fair, <laughs> dude's still in incredible shape for how old he is. But oh, he does. They sure also is. don't have to use the same exact actor. Be weird though. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, just get someone who looks like vaguely a couple years older than the, he looked here. Let me see. Let me see if there's any ideas of what they're doing with the Gladiator Two. Yeah. Like, I I doubt it's actually gonna be following Jaimin because that'd be neat. <laughs> Quite frankly, I mean, if it's following him, I'd probably watch the movie. But if it was like some weird other thing, like I don't know, like it's gonna be like him. I do have the same thought of like what the hell would they do with it if they made a sequel? Because like, again, like it was saying how like he was taken from his family, so I yeah, could, I could. But see... his family's still alive, so he's just going back to his yeah. family. Well, like that's why I, mean. I could see a movie about him going back home. Yeah, and like maybe discovering that's not the place it used to be. Yada yada, whatever. But. Like that's that's what I could see, but it would be a weird movie because Jaiman's like a gladiator, but he's not really like a fighter, like right. in the same way. And that's one thing that they say about it too, because uh, he when at the beginning, whenever they're being sold, he asks like, "What were you before you were slaves?" Like, "Oh, I was a hunter." He's like, "Yeah, right. I I found you in a salt mine." So you don't really know what he was before. So it was Greenland in 2018. In 2021, Ridley Scott said the script is done. Uh, they have told, said what the movie will be about. You guys want to know? Sure. Sure. It is expected to follow Lucius. Ah. Boo. Um, it Considering is, he's about my age? Mm-hmm. It will enter, it has entered production after Kitbag. Uh, next film, which Scott, weirdly Scott was set to direct. It's a movie called Kitbag, apparently. Got a kitten um, in the bag. Yep, there's a whole <laughs> bunch of other stuff in here about it. Like, it just, yeah, it's, uh. Don't seem too excited about it. I can't wait for more R- Roman politics. Oh, boy. I mean, depending on what you think of Ridley Scott, he's been doing a lot of other things recently. He did House of Gucci, The Last Duel. Yeah. Well, Last Duel, then House of Gucci. Uh, which, I, again, I talked about on post credits. I didn't like The Last Duel either. Yeah. So I, I'm of the mind, I think I don't like Ridley Scott. Yeah. You like Blade Runner and you like Aliens. That's about it. Yeah, I think that's where I'm at. <laughs> I liked Aliens, so maybe I don't really like Ridley's guy. Blade Runner was fine, but <laughs> just didn't grab me. Oh. Uh, one thing I thought that was kind of funny about this movie, like just behind the scenes, is uh, Ralph Moeller, the guy who played like the big barba- or the big uh, barbarian gladiator, um, he- apparently he just wanted more screen time, like the actual actor, oh. and was like really sad whenever his character died. Oh, well, I mean, everybody wants more screen time, right? That's... Yeah. Like, that's his thing. He's just like, hey, like, I guess he kept on making jokes with Ridley Scott. Like, hey, if Russell Crowe ever gets hurt, let me know. I can play some of his scenes. And, like, 
I guess whenever he died, he's like, no, like, I want to be part of the end. I could help Maximus at the end. You know, I could be like his go-to guy. I to could be fair, I could I, hand him a, I could hand him a blade when I'm full of arrows, yeah. you know? To be fair, like, I do like his character. Yeah. He's fine. <laughs> like, he doesn't fine. say much. I think he's he, he doesn't say much, but like he's he's almost like that. Uh, he he's like a. I'm trying to think of his name. A uh, Woods and Black Ops, basically. Yeah. Okay. Like I think he's like a good comedic relief. Like I we don't need a whole lot more of him. Yeah. But like yeah. I think he's a fun character. But yeah, I he, think that's what it was. Like the actor himself just loved playing in this movie, and he wanted yeah. more screen time because he loved playing the character. Like between him, Russell Crowe, and Jimon like Simon, um, you get this feeling that they are a trio. Yeah. So I think that works really well. The but. three musketeers except once dies. Well, so the three musketeers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are four. Uh, oh, yeah. Than yeah. <laughs> other than that, uh, another thing is um, uh, Lucia, uh, Connie Nielsen's character. Uh-huh. Uh, during the commentary, both uh, Ridley Scott and Russell Crowe kept on gushing about her, about how like she needs to be bigger in Hollywood and how like she deserved more lines. Like, they're saying like she should have been uh, Helena Troy in Detroit wait, movies wait. and blah blah blah. Ridley Scott was saying she needs more lines. If only he the had guy the power. who wrote the script. He was saying she needs more roles, is what I meant. <laughs> okay, I was, I was like, man, it, it sucks that she doesn't get a lot of lines in this movie. You know, yeah. uh, the one thing he said like, about this movie it, is like she didn't get a lot of lines, but she played the hell out of the lines that she did get. I think she's and fine. then yeah, they're saying like she did because like she played the part really well. And, like they looked at her compared to some other actresses and saying like yeah, she would have been a better pick than this character or this character, like so on and so it's forth. It's hard because like movies. I think it's a mi- an issue of like the script for me. Like she's fine, but I don't like get much from her just because of the line she has to say. Yeah. She like fits the character they wrote. I just don't know what that character ultimately is. Maybe I mean she probably could be in another role. I don't know. That I think you kind of hit the nail on the head for me on that one right there. I think it clicked for me. Like, I don't think this is a bad uh, performance by anybody. Like how I like Shadow Russell Crowe 45 minutes ago. Yeah. Like, I don't think Russell Crowe did bad. I think he did very well with what he had, actually. I think everybody kind of did well with what they had. Even Joaquin Phoenix, who I wanted to play it up way more. Like, I think he kind of played it up as much as he was allowed to, I think. Yeah. Um, or as much as he could at the time because he didn't really get known for being like the eccentric actor that he yeah. is until after this movie came yeah, out. Yeah, but before like before he was the Joker baby. Far pretty before. much. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I think I just I kind of agree with you. I don't think that they were given things that I wanted, or I think they should have been given for it. Like less politics, honestly. Like it's just <laughs> yeah. way less political, and I think this movie would shine more. That's fair. To be fair, like this movie's not really known for its political intrigue as much as it's known for its gladiatorial combat. Like that's what people remember this yeah. movie for. Yeah, which like, is kind of funny because it's really silly. <laughs> it's over the top, but it's like, like you watch any gladiator movie, and all of them are over the top. I'm like this. sure, but like this like, movie has someone getting sliced in half from the side wheels, and their like top half flies up into the air and does like a backflip before falling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which and is another person, like a really like, grisly scene in 2000. Yeah. And another person has their head explode when they get slashed in the neck. It's like... Yeah. And, like so, someone gets decapitated with two plastic swords. The funny thing about the decapitation scene is... It was real! No. <laughs> that would have been crazy. <laughs> that would have been no. illegal. That too. Not um, technically. <laughs> If it happened by accident, you can still put it on. That's if somebody if somebody dies while you're filming, you can still have it on there if it was an accident. Just ask Brandon Lee. Yeah, ask Brandon Lee. Ask 
Houdini. Everybody who did stunts for Triple X. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you can't besides really, that, can you? Nope. No, you can't. Besides that little grisly fact, <laughs> um, like the whole decapitation scene, uh, apparently they like the actors had to fight for that one because they really wanted to have that scene in there. And Ridley Scott kept on saying like, that would be taking the movie too far. And so like they did the... <laughs> Like, seriously. And then, so, like, they actually did, like, this. they played out the scene of, like, what the motion was going to be and the rhythm of it was going to be and everything and, like, convinced him, like, by showing him, like, a mock-up of what the battle was going to look like for that and, like, convinced Ridley Scott to, like, let the decapitation scene happen and just, like, how many prop heads do we have again? <laughs> I, like, I can I know I'm looking at it 20 years later. Yeah. 22. I know. <laughs> but, like, it really strikes me as people saying Mortal Kombat is too, like, the original Mortal Kombat arcades were too realistic and grisly. Oh, this is exactly the same thing. Yeah. yeah. It's just so silly. Like, yeah, because if you think about it, the reason why I had the ESRB and why game, like why violent games were almost banned was because of literally Doom and Mortal Kombat and Night Trap. Yeah, I was going to say, and Night Trap. That one's very important yeah, because it was kind of for a very different reason. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Like, this, yeah. this movie's weird because it's clearly extremely influential. Yeah, like, I... I can like see like fifty movies that were clearly inspired by it. Uh, mm-hmm. Some bad, like Star Wars Episode Two, but yeah, I, it is so insane to me how clear it is how Star Wars Episode Two was inspired. Like, because three has a whole different tone to it. Mm-hmm. Honestly, two is just so clearly orange and blue and wants to be Gladiator. <laughs> it's like beat for beat. Yeah, it's so yeah. weird. <laughs> so what you're saying is that this is a better Attack of the Clones. This is better this... than Star Wars Episode Two. <laughs> this is better than that, yes. More s- I'll take it. <laughs> more, more sand? Less sand? I feel like there's more sand in this one. Yeah. Which is why they can't have it in <laughs> Episode Two. Uh, But, yeah, I don't know. Like, maybe there's a version of this with a different script that I'd be more interested in. Maybe it's called Gladiator 2. <laughs> I doubt it. Um, I think, again, I think some of them might just be, like, I'm not that into Gladiator stuff because, like, Gladiator stuff was in the cultural zeitgeist when I was uh, probably because of Gladiator. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's all clicking now. <laughs> a lot of growing up, like, everything was, like, parodying the Gladiator battles and stuff. Yeah. And, like, when you see it that much, it's like, yep, that's that's it. I definitely saw the parody of this on Matt TV. I even no, it wasn't even that. Just like every like cartoon had a Gladiator episode, basically, growing yeah. up, I yeah. would say. It is like it's like, yep, that's that's the gladiator episode. Glad we're done with that. All right, bye. <laughs> yeah, it's kinda it's kinda funny actually, because like I look at all the things that were very popular in like medieval stuff and like Roman stuff, two thousand, I would say two thousand like six ish, I think, was extremely popular. Our, like yeah. even later, like and it was early literally 2010s. because of this movie. I, yeah. I think it's kinda of funny. I keep showing you guys movies that were like super influential to cinema and like <laughs> basically helped or were like the building blocks of what we have today, and you're like, Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, I it's hard. Get, it is your opinion. Like, I'm not going to fault you guys for saying that either. Not even that, but I think, like, when you get down to, like, the building block of something, there's a reason why it is the first block. Right. It's going to get things wrong. It's going to fuck some stuff up. And it's going to have flaws in it that other things that come after it are going to perfect. Yeah. So, like, I think, I don't know if this was the building block. It, it, it for sure it was, was not, a building block. It, was, it wasn't the building block. Yeah, for like for Gladiator and stuff like that, and like Roman uh, movies. Yeah. I don't think this was. I think this was another block onto the genre. But I think for how films were shot and acted and cast in a lot of ways, I yeah. think this was 
this showed the next five years after that exactly what it was going to look like. I mean, the funny thing, and E's probably going to roll his eyes when he hears this. Like, the funny thing is, is this movie, yep, he already did it. <laughs> I don't know what you said. <laughs> uh, this movie kind of changed because, like, there were Gladiator movies before this, but all of them were kind of silly, and, like, even weirdly more over the top because it's supposed to be, like, a spectacle that you're watching and, like, you know, men kind of dancing around in tunics to, like, yeah. being more of, like, grisly combat. Helicoptering around, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, like it, this is kind of like the turning point between that. It's almost like the turning point of like when Batman used to be silly. It's like now he's like a grizzly Dark Knight thing. Well, kind of, I mean, detective. like that's one of the weird tidbits, though, because like there's there's like a weird br- tree of Batman. Yeah, because like there was silly Batman. But like, funnily enough, the cartoons were very serious for a while. Yeah. And like you get weird branches. So where... like it was silly Batman in the 60s. Then. Tim Burton came in, which is weird to say Tim Burton came in. It was actually that. before that. It was actually Frank Miller in the 80s. Who, like, I mean, like, yeah. for film. Oh, yeah, for film, I guess. But, yeah, yeah. like, uh, the first, like, dark, grisly Batman was a Frank Miller yeah. Batman. Yeah. In, like, 1985, I think? Something like Something that, like yeah. That, yeah. Because Tim Burton was directly inspired by all that. Right. But, like, it's, it's very funny to say Tim Burton came along and did the gritty reboot. But at the time, he did Tim the Burton's reboot. Batman was fucking gritty as shit. It was yeah. dark as hell. Um... And then, you know, he did his two movies and then gave it off to other people who uh, flanderized it, right? Flanderization. I, I yep. got it. Simpsons. Uh, Simpsons did it and, <laughs> uh, and made it silly and it was gone for a while. And then Christopher Nolan came in and he made it very deadly serious again. It, it just happened to be about Batman. It was a very good movie that Batman happened to be in. Yeah. Uh, and then I, it got you're, deadly serious again. Yeah, I was going to say, weirdly enough, you're like 100% right about that. It's like... Batman in the Christopher Nolan Batman's Batman plays a very small role. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would be interesting to see where it goes because, like, I think there were attempts to branch out. I, I, you've seen the new Batman. I haven't. I don't know tonally how serious or silly it really is. Um, it is so ridiculously serious that it becomes silly in some yeah. parts. But like, you also got like, I'm gonna say you got like the Lego Batman. Yeah, which is another like, it's more meta in how it treats its source material but like it's a very silly batman for a reason I, like i think it's one of the best batmans I, I like the lego batman <laughs> like i i feel like it's weird that it's lego but like i like the lego batman it's i think it's funny. a good movie it's very funny yeah it knows um, exactly what it needs to be mocking yeah, yeah like there's a lot of stuff but all that to say like you can know the inspirations of something and like sometimes that can just make it not pop out sometimes is for me at least i would say once you see something enough when you watch the original it kind of doesn't feel so special but that causes that's because it was the first thing like it's like playing a late entry into a video game and then going back to the first game like it feels clunky it feels weird like yeah they didn't quite understand how to make the controls yet yeah but like Without you need that, of course, to get to where you're at. You can have an appreciation of something, even if it's garbage. Like fucking Street Fighter One is the worst video game in mankind, basically. <laughs> now it's a garbage video game, though. Yeah, but like we got an entire new genre basically because of it. Yeah, you're right. So it's I... like it 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 really shows where you go, and you know I'm I don't really have much different opinions about gladiator <laughs> movies. <laughs> But like I, I appreciate what this was doing. Yeah. Somewhat. Okay. 
Except the frame rate. Screw that. <laughs> yeah, Glad we're away from that. I, I hate to say it, that's going to be a problem with like all late 90s, early 2000s movies. It's all of them have that problem. See, yeah. this is why it was good that I just watched animated stuff from that time period. Maybe, Because it yeah. was a consistent 24. I mean, I, I think it's one of those things, like, I just didn't think about it whenever I was growing up. It was just in movies. Like, that was just the thing. And so it wasn't until someone pointed it out that I was just like, yeah, that did happen a lot, didn't it? I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, that, that is some of the weird stuff when, like, you guys show me something from back then. Because I had such this weird gap in, like, <laughs> pop culture, basically. Yeah. That once I go there, I'm like, oh, that's kind of a weird way to do it. And you're like, that's just kind of how it was. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and well, that's the thing is like, we never really thought of it until like you start pointing it out. I guess it's just one of those like, yeah, you, you don't notice the elephant in the room until someone points at it kind of thing. Yeah. Kinda... Like, we're going to uh, talk about There that, was an elephant right? in this room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was an elephant <laughs> in this movie randomly. I mean, that was actually one of the th- historical things is they always brought exotic animals to the Coliseum, yeah. either to like have people fight them or to like make a spectacle of it. Like, during the doc- three and a half hours of documentary that I watched, <laughs> um, they even talked about how like uh, the basements were considered to be like waterly- watertight sealed for the Coliseum because every now and then they would flood it so that way they could have like um, do like ship battles in the <laughs> Coliseum. Like that was an actual thing that they did. It was a legit sports arena. Yeah, it, it legitimately <laughs> it was. was. Like the way that you look, even the way that they're designed, the way that you look at like Super Bowl arenas is the same exact way that you would look at the Coliseum. Back during the Roman Empire. That is ridiculous. Yeah. That's amazing. But it's true, though. Yeah. So, like, like, think about how they're designed and think about how the Coliseum designed. It's like yeah. a one-to-one ratio almost. Yeah. Huh. But uh, we're definitely winding down on yeah. what we're saying uh, about this movie, I would say. The one thing I think that is actually, like, one of the more impressive things, and I want to see if you guys even caught on to it. Uh, one thing that did happen during the filming of this movie is Oliver Reed, the guy who played Prox- uh, Proximo, the Lanista of the Gladiators, uh-huh. uh, he actually died during the production of this movie, like while they were filming it. Oh, wow. And they they didn't film all the scenes yet. So they like had to say, like, OK, like, what are we going to do? Are we going to recast him and reshoot the scenes? Like how are we going to do this? And like, well, we have like top of the line digital artists working on this movie. Let's see if we can just put him into the movie, uh, like digitally put him into the movie. So there is an actual scene in this movie where he was just digitally added into the movie. And I know what scene it is because I know what to look for at this point because I listened to the commentary about them saying, oh, yeah, he's digital in this point. Because huh. like he died at some point and like they just had to have a double in there for him. And they digitally like there's a scenes where it's a digital recreation of his face, but he's talking. And like I think 99 percent of the people who watch this movie cannot tell what scene that is. I'm not sure I know who we were talking about. <laughs> the guy who enslaved Maximus, right? Yeah. Oh. The guy with the like very white goatee. My only guess would be when he's sitting like with his wooden sword. Nope, not that scene. No. I, I I actually didn't notice, honestly. Yeah, it, it was actually the ending scene. The scene where he lets them loose and he says, like, uh, it's like you're dangerously close to becoming a good man when he <laughs> tells him that. And like, yeah, he's digitally re-put into the movie that scene. But, like, they painstakingly, like, frame by frame made sure that, like, it looked as real as possible for mm. that. But that entire that entire scene, like, from him grabbing the keys to him being stabbed to death is a double that is, like, basically... Oh, well, then I was kind... I was partially right. That's sort oh, of the saying... final scene, yeah, where he's, like... Man, I thought like... you were talking about the scene where he's talking about his sword. No, no, just... the final one it okay, was, yeah, my guess. It was His final scene, yeah, he was digitally re-put it, or put back into there. I'll, I get half a point for that, I'll, I'll give you half a point, yeah, right. sure. <laughs> And this thing that doesn't have points. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, we're going to add them up when the podcast is over. <laughs> Could you imagine, like, painstakingly looking for any time I, like, I get, like, half a point for that and then adding all my half points that I get. <laughs> Whoever has the most points at the end wins the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Then this is not distractibles. <laughs> but, yeah. 
honestly, yeah, that like, is pretty impressive, though, for yeah. 2000. Because, yeah, like, actually. if you look at it, the lighting is just slightly off. But, yeah. like, for it's one of those things that you, I keep on trying to defend early movies about, like, hey, it was early movies. Like, the CGI wasn't that great. But, like, you look at movies like Gladiator, to where, like, there's scenes that, like, sure, of course it's CGI. Like, a lot of the landscape scenes that they have. Like, the only scene wherever, like, it's showing, like, a helicopter scene or a helicopter scene of Rome. Uh, there's one in particular that it shows at nighttime where, like, everything looks kind of gray. That's yeah. actually just, like, they found a model of Rome at a museum and they just, like, panned a camera over it. Genius. It's literally just that. And it worked. Yeah. But, like, the one where you see, like, thousands of people walking into the Colosseum and everything, like, that's all CGI. Like, that yeah. was an actual helicopter shot of it. Like, so it was real scenery, but they added a lot of buildings into mm-hmm. it and yeah. added people walking into it. And, like, there is so much painstaking detail put into that scene that, like, there's slaves that are working on top of the Colosseum you can see vendors selling stuff on the street. Uh, there's hot even, dogs, there's even, yeah, dogs. pretty much. And then like, there's even acrobatics who are like doing like a little show uh, off onto the side, which once again, they pointed out during the FX. Cause like they painstakingly try to make it look as realistic as possible for what they could do in the year 2000. Yeah. yeah and then like, like, once again, they had practical effects. Like the Morocco arena was actually built, was a set that was built for the movie. And I guess for that, they actually got 30,000 mud bricks and built it for that, or for that scene. Wow. And I guess they actually used, like, real ancient techniques that they would have used during the time to build it. So, like, they actually, like, got them from the river and then, like, dried them out in the sun and so on and so forth and, like, built the whole fucking thing. Yeah. And They're- then because they couldn't build an actual Roman Colosseum, they built a third of the first section of what it would be uh, for, like, uh, to the actual scale of it. Which is still a gigantic set, but yeah. like besides that, like only the first flo- like a third of the first floor is real. Everything else of that is CGI. I and bet if they had another year, Ridley Scott would have fucking built a Coliseum. I think, yeah, yeah it was literally like, <laughs> I want to build a Coliseum. You can't build a Coliseum for a movie. I want to build a Coliseum. They're like, Ridley we'll give Scott, you a where's for- all this money going? He's like, I built a Coliseum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like that might have been a real conversation. <laughs> But yeah, uh, like there's that. Uh, I guess they had anywhere between three to five thousand extras sitting up in the Coliseum for that scene. Like, the, they they did a lot for this fucking movie. Yeah, but that's where a lot of that money went. I yeah, wouldn't doubt it. Because mm-hmm. uh, like, whenever they were filming the scenes in the Coliseum, they just literally had three to five thousand real people sitting up there. Like, okay, everybody cheer now, kind of thing. And like, yeah, there's that. Or like, whenever they were throwing bread up in the crowd, I guess that was a thing that they did at Coliseum since uh, Coliseum. Uh, Spectacles was like an all day thing, so they would feed people for how much they're paying. Do you think it was real bread or fake bread? That was their meal for the day. No. <laughs> <laughs> Might have been. Like there's that. I guess they even like painstakingly had like because in the Coliseum, like where you sat, kind of showed like where you were in Roman society. So like everyone up in the nosebleeds were like the peasants who could afford to go for that day, and like down towards the front of the row was like some of the richer people, and like the Senate had their own section, the Vestal Virgins had their own section, uh, people who were actually in the army had their own section, so on and so forth, and so like. They painstakingly put like that detail into there and like things that you'll never notice in the movie, but they still put it in there because Ridley Scott has an eye for detail to an annoying degree. He goes to a lot of football games. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> he actually just bought out the Super Bowl stadium. <laughs> that would have been cheaper. Yeah, if and it would have worked. Like, just paint it. <laughs> I don't think they would let you just paint it brown, but. No, you give the NFL enough money, let you do whatever you want. <laughs> you have to give them a lot. Maybe. Yeah, but it would be a lot of money. Actually, sure. 2000 maybe not as much. Nope, still would have been a people lot. People love football always. Like, basically since... The, people love seeing people get hurt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was actually the thing that they said a lot for the documentaries. It's like, that's kind of what it's always been, is people have always loved, like, seeing people in danger. It's why things like NASCAR is popular. I it's mean, I think, no joke, is boxing is, like, arguably the m- most money sport. Like, it football makes is. the most money. 
Did it? I like worldwide. I thought boxing actually soccer worldwide, but uh, boxing or not boxing. Uh, football is the biggest in America. Uh, right next, uh, like rugby in England is the biggest, which is uh, cross between soccer and football, but more violent with less padding. What if all the rules then, and nobody knew what was going on except for four people? I think we get hurt less somehow. That in was rugby, early though. MMA, actually. <laughs> like early MMA was literally you put like it was mixed martial arts because they would get like a Taekwondo instructor versus a sumo wrestler and tell them. You can leave the ring when one of you either get knocked out or give up. That's it. Like, we're going until then. Yeah, I think people actually died a lot. There were a couple deaths. There was a couple people who, like, were permanently injured for that. Um, like, senators were trying to, like, get rid of MMA whenever it was, like, first announced because they said it was the closest thing we had to human dogfighting. Like, they didn't even compare it to gladiators. They compared it to dogfighting. Like, that's how violent early MMA it was. It arguably was more violent than gladiators, like. Yeah, you're beating the yeah. shit out of people to death with your fists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, another fun fact, actually, uh, when Maximus threw his helmet on the ground, he actually kicked it with his foot so hard that he <laughs> broke it. That's Lord of the Rings. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. I, I mean, the closest to that, like I said, because like, it was all choreographed for like the fights that they had for yeah. that, but they had to be careful with it because, uh, like I said, there is that scene um, whenever he's fighting, like I said, the guy who was considered to be like, a legendary gladiator who came out of retirement just to fight him because, like, they paid him extra money to fight. Yeah, the Maximus. one who spits blood when his toe gets stabbed. Yeah, uh, that guy. <laughs> um, for that scene, I guess they had like over a hundred or one hundred and thirty different move sets for like that's one scene alone. Like, <laughs> this makes it sound like a fighting game. Yeah. <laughs> well, like it's one of those like you know they hit swords once that's one yeah, move, yeah, they hit yeah. swords another time that's another move. Like, so they had like over one hundred and thirty for that scene. I guess Russell Crowe actually missed. Like, he blocked down instead of blocking up for one of the scenes and just got smacked over the head with the sword. At one point in time, and there's another time whenever he was fighting Joaquin Phoenix, that Joaquin Phoenix did something similar, and he actually like hit him across the knuckles for his uh, uh for his sword hand, and so for like half that scene, apparently, if you look close enough, like his knuckles are bloody. For Joaquin's hands, yeah, I saw that actually. Okay, I was wondering what that was. Yeah, that's it's because <laughs> in real life, Russell Crowe just like smacked him in the hand with the plastic sword hard enough to, you know, break the skin. Nice, not nice, but you know, yeah. Mm. But yeah, I think I think we're. Yeah, we're yeah. good on yeah, we're, discussion. We're Which yeah, yeah. I'm like I said, most of the stuff that I did was like behind the scenes stuff because yeah. like it is basically just a story of a general who becomes a slave, who becomes a gladiator, who fights an emperor at the end, yeah. becomes dead, and then dies. I'm basically hearing that this is Lion King. <laughs> no, <laughs> when does well, Simba act- become a slave? Okay, so here's the thing, actually, about that. <laughs> this movie is actually compared to Hamlet a lot, and uh, oh, so yeah. is Lion King because both of them are loosely based off Hamlet. <laughs> I got, I nailed it basically. Yeah. <laughs> So he's actually not wrong. <laughs> he is wrong. I'm not going to fucking give him that. Suck my dick. <laughs> Quarter of a point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Well, final thoughts, Robbie. Okay. Well, I think I'll go with, I'll go with Dry at first. Okay. Final thoughts. Um, yeah. I think it's pretty clear to see that this movie paved the way for a lot of style of what I... <laughs> I'm not going to like saying that. Well, I don't care about saying it. You're not going to like me saying it. Yeah. Uh, of the style of the early 2000s that I honestly didn't like. Yeah. I mean, I kind of knew that coming in because I know like every single time I bring a movie from the 90s or early 2000s, you're like, yeah, I just don't like this kind of, or the style of movie. That's why I don't watch it anymore. I don't know. Crossroads was pretty cool. That was Crossroads like, was 80s. Though. Yeah, that was, oh. like, that was early or <laughs> mid 80s. Yeah. That's true. My bad. Um, But yeah, like the filmmaking style is just kind of not my thing. It feels too plasticky, too fake. I don't know. It's a it's one of those things where like it's just a preference kind of thing. Yeah. Um and the acting is the acting. Like they're they do 
everything. It's really they, Scott acting. Yeah, they do everything they can with what they've been given. Um, it feels like a lot of these actors just don't belong in this time era, and I have that same complaint with even Last Duel. Like, I, I think Brad it's... Pitt doesn't belong <laughs> in medieval times, yeah. and <laughs> I think part of it has to do with like typecasting too. Yeah, and I think it, it, I don't even think it's like roles that were before for a lot of these actors. It's stuff that you've seen afterwards that like you can't see them as that now. Like a good example is a uh, Ralph. Mahler, like said, the big gladiator. Yeah, uh, he's the bad guy in Best of the Best too. That was the first movie I saw him in. It's hard for me to see him as anything else than like, yeah. the bad. So. Or Brachius is his name in that movie. Yeah, but like, it's honestly fine. If I had sat through it, if somehow I had the patience when I was younger to have sat through this movie and watched it all the way through, um, I think I would have had a different opinion on it because I right. was much younger. You probably have closer to my opinion if you saw it. Like I thought you did as a kid, but apparently not. So. I did not. Um, so like, it's totally fine. I see the influence that it had on the industry and on films in general for a good five years, but like, it's just, I don't like the influence, honestly. I don't like, I don't like what it was doing for the most part. Um, it's totally fine. It's not something I would watch again, but it's not something I wouldn't tell people not to watch because I know that a lot of my distaste of it is my personal, um, just being dissuade from that kind of film style. Yeah. Um, I would give it a five. Like, I wouldn't talk shit about it to anybody randomly like I would some movies. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to randomly praise it either. Yeah. The friend that we have that we keep on saying should be on the podcast, but says that he's not going to be on the podcast, would probably, like, you would, you wouldn't get in an argument with him over this movie like you would some other movies. Yeah, like, whatever opinion he ended up having, I'd be like, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike some other movies, like, yeah, eat a dick. I'm yeah, not- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, like a five. Okay. An e? Uh, I definitely am pretty similar boat, where it's like, it's fine. It's like, Almost exactly what I would expect from a gladiator movie, except probably longer than what I would expect. <laughs> like, longer than you'd like. Some of that, but like I, I don't feel like I needed all of the runtime this movie had to explain the two plot points that it has. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's like kind of hard to judge because, like, I do respect a lot what it did, and I think it holds up pretty well, especially thinking about movies from the early 2000s um it's just it's like one of those hard ones where like i definitely never want to have to sit down and watch it again but not in a bad way (laughs) not like i hated it and i never want to watch it again just like it is and i never want to i never need to watch it again like i think it will completely stay with me like yeah that was that was that gladiator movie it was fine yeah (laughs) <laughs> um, I think like it's historical significance kind of bumps it up for me personally, like just like seeing how it inspired stuff. I don't have the distaste of 2000s that Dryad does because that was my cartoon era. I liked <laughs> Um, from the 2000s all the way to uh, now to is the 2022. Era of- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. That was when I watched cartoons, you know, so. <laughs> like, it, it, it's fine. Uh, if someone told me they like this movie, I would be like, yeah, I could probably see why. Um, I'll, I'll give it, like, a seven, just because of, like, it does kind of impress me that it was made in 2000. Wow, I can't believe you hate this movie. I know. <laughs> seven out of ten. That means don't buy it. Yeah, no, it's completely fine. If you, like, want to see it, go ahead. <laughs> that that's kind of my rating like if you want to see it yeah there's nothing wrong with it yeah okay and i think for me because like i said this, i saw this movie when it first came out like this was a movie that yeah. we rented a whole bunch of times i think my uncle owned it so we borrowed it from him and watched a bunch and so 
whenever I saw it and uh when I saw the DVD of it, I bought it, and then like when I uh, ended up finding the Blu-ray, I gave my mom the DVD and bought the Blu-rays. You found a VHS, you gave your mom the Blu-ray, you <laughs> found a CDR. That's impressive, actually. Uh, <laughs> found the laser disc this, of it. There might actually be laser Yeah, there, actually, that would be around the right time. Yeah, yeah, yeah that would be. There's, there's Star Wars laser discs, so I bet Gladiator, which was like a phenomenon, kind of. It's a big movie. Which yeah, yeah like probably had a laser disc. I will say for like, for me at least, uh, considering none of the CGI was touched up for the Blu-ray or anything like that. Good. Like, <laughs> this like it, it's it looks better than Star Wars prequels, which were made around the same exact time and yes. arguably had a bigger budget than this movie did. Yeah, and it looks better CGI wise. Like, and they did marvels with the CGI, especially when it came to like deep faking our our Oliver Reed's character to a lot of the scenery. Like, you can tell it's fake with the scenery with it but it still looks good it's stylized but good i would be interested in watching it in 4k if any of those assets hold up yeah that's a good, uh, good well thing. the human mind's not supposed to perceive 4k so yeah. you know that's really your and, fault well <laughs> i was gonna say it probably like the best it looks at because this was filmed on 35 millimeter so like 4k mm. is like the absolute best that you can get out of it but then there's also you know this was very much literally because i saw it in the special features uh like digitally done like all the cgi stuff on ctr monitors or mm. crt monitors CTR. <laughs> um yeah I, I just wonder because yeah i think gladiator is one of the I, f- I forget if it's one of the ones that are on the bottom of the list or on the top of the list it is one of the extremes on the list of like either one of the best or one of the worst for 4k uh transfers i'm okay. not i don't remember which one it was but i would be interested to that would be interesting to see because like i think it actually translates pretty well to 1080p with the uh blu-ray edition i agree actually and like a lot of the scenery it holds up. It still looks good, even to this day, if you ask me. You can tell it's CGI at this point, because remember, as a kid, it looked real. But now, I can tell it's CGI with, like, 22 years difference. This will sound like me shitting on it, but it's not. This looks like really good HBO scenery CGI. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, it's actually... I would say it's up there with, like, some of the scenery shots they did for Game of Thrones. I agree, actually. Yeah. I, that it sounds like I'm shitting on it, but for 2000, I am not. Yeah. In 2000, considering, that is insanely impressive. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, considering, like, they had like a season of Game of Thrones had the same budget that this movie had. Like they're yeah. neck and yeah. neck in a weird way, especially considering there's like a 15 year gap between them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like CGI holds up really well. I think it's kind of crazy that like Ridley Scott was just asking for so much money that they ran out of money at one point in time, which is why they didn't have like, like the, can you give super- us $1 billion? <laughs> I just fucking well have. Like I remember in the sp- special features. Cause like um, there's a part of the special features called Vi- vision of Elysium. And it is 11 pages of featurettes. Jesus and there's like, God, there has to be like 16 featurettes on each page. Jeez. Like I set, I watched like three of them and I was like, I can't watch all of these. Like it's five o'clock in the morning. I cannot watch all of these. <laughs> but like one good example is like they wanted him to fight like an exotic animal at one point in time for this, like <laughs> while they were like writing the script of this. Where would you put that? <laughs> I think where like they had him fighting like that one gladiator with the tiger scenes. That's what they came or that's what they settled on. But they originally wanted him fighting a rhino. A giraffe. No, a rhino. <laughs> Where would they get a rhino? <laughs> uh, that, that was actually one of the big things. Like, we're going to have to CGI the entire rhino in there. So this three-minute scene that you want to film in the movie is going to cost you $3 million. <laughs> yeah, you, if you get a real rhino, your entire crew's dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, You're there's, dead. A, yeah, there's a lot of rewrites, like, on the fly for this movie. And, like, I do kind of agree with you. The political intrigue is kind of boring for this. But nobody remembers this movie for the political intrigue. They remember it for the battles, like the spectacular, uh, the spectacular, gory battles that they have for the gladiator scenes. And in some ways, they probably needed a little bit more of that. But like, they still had to find reason for everything that they did in this movie, which I give them that. Like, 
there are things that just happen for the sake of happening, but most of it is explained. Yeah. And I feel like it did pave the way for like what we have in cinema now. And like for that, I'd, I'd probably give this movie a nine. Like it's it holds up in a lot of ways. There's a lot of ways it doesn't hold up. So it's not perfect, but in a lot of ways it is still a spectacular movie to watch. And okay. honestly made a lot of people's careers. Like yeah. Tommy Flanagan are, you know, he was a very unknown actor in this movie and he was actually supposed to die at the beginning whenever, uh, you know, Maximus, was being executed, but they were like, you know what? You're a good actor. We're going to have you uh, play some more scenes in this. And then same thing with Jamon, like Simon. Like, uh, this movie kickstarted his career, too. Like, uh, I, I want to say it kickstarted Russell uh, Crowe's career, but... He was around. Yeah, he was around. Like, he was already a big actor to begin with, but this kind of, like, elevated him up even higher. Same thing with um, Joaquin Phoenix. I forgot his name for half a second, too. There's a lot of big names. Uh, Connie Nielsen, like... Uh, lifted her up in a weird way too because like she's was in some pretty big movies beforehand but she was in big movies afterwards too so i think she was just a big actress at that time like they got some big names to be in this movie like yeah it is a spectacle for what it like you know for when of its time and i think like for when it was made nobody had seen anything like it before yeah yeah i think you're right um but yeah that's that that's gladiator yep i kind of figured you guys would have middling opinions on it anyway so that's why i'm just (laughs) like okay (laughs) Um, I'm just glad he didn't completely shit on the movie. Drya. Mm-hmm. <laughs> e, uh, you're okay. Another point. <laughs> you get a point and a half this episode. <laughs> Man, you're probably in the lead. Um, e, if you want to get a hold of us, where can they do that? The easiest way to do that is, of course, through our link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash L-O-I-P. Use your link to our social medias, our listen medias, and our watch medias. It, the biggest thing right on the top, our Twitch, where we we play video games at least twice a week. Yeah, we finished Firewatch. Yep. Um, in three streams. Um. Yeah. Uh, eh. eh. <laughs> go watch that. Go watch that if you want our opinions and Sam yelling at me. Um. <laughs> And you can then, watch a lot if you want Sam yelling at you. Yeah, actually, right? yes. I feel like there's a lot that me and Sam like that drives like, yeah, I don't care. And we're just like, fuck you about Man, it. Last week was just a whole week of Sam. You're like, why do you hate everything I love? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and then we are still playing through Half-Life on our Saturday night streams with yeah. me here behind the keys. Uh, according to the calculations, I'll probably be done in four years. <laughs> That's the way we're going. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, check that out. Um, Robbie. Yeah. Get us out of here. So, if you're out and about, make sure to be kind to one another. Make sure to be safe. And whether this is the very first time you listen to us, or you've been with us since the very beginning, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody out there. Thank you, E. Yeah. Thank you, Robbie. Mm-hmm. And everybody out there, be safe. We'll see you either on our streams or when you listen to the episode. Just be safe out there. Have a good one. Bye. 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 Hope you were entertained. Are you not? Are you not?